recording the project, in progress. Uh, Jefferson is indicated there, uh, the entire project indicates uh, from the uh, extension of the current water uh, treatment works, including the additional uh, 13 million liter balancing dam and uh, on, on site slash uh, watering facility. So, those are the uh, tasks. The works that are being implemented uh, through this uh, project and the details are available and these transfers will be processed through the uh, division of uh, revenue act payment schedule as approved by national treasury okay, we can move to the next uh, the 102 million which has been allocated uh, to the department is a transfer payment that will be transferred to uh, umgen water board and this chairperson is for implementation of the lower Umkomazi bulk water supply scheme. And this is supplying the south coast of Kwazulu Natal. And, and the department already worked on the studies. And uh, as you can see there, that the implementation, actually based on the cost uh, estimate of 2020, is 4.2 uh, billion. These are the uh, feasibility uh, studies that were done, the implementation readiness studies. They pointed out to a um, 2020 figure of 4.2 billion. I can also confirm that in addition to this uh, allocation over the MTF, there is allocation that has been made available to ensure that the project is implemented. And um, we can move to the next slide. Overall, how are we going to ensure that the 824 uh, million will be uh, contributing to the economy of the country. The department is rolling out these various projects as indicated in those uh, various uh, municipalities. And um, the spin-offs there will be that they are going to create uh, local jobs uh, where we'll be hiring uh, skilled and semi-skilled laborers uh, from the uh, local communities. The same uh, have to do with your transformation uh, with regards to the local small medium micro enterprises those will be benefiting uh, as will be procuring goods and services uh, in line with the empowerment uh, targets of the department and, and overall the improved water supply and sanitation and improved water resources uh, will support economic growth in those uh, local economies and also uh, that will also um, have a rippling effect to the economy at large. Uh, can move to the next slide. Uh, over and above uh, the additional allocation, we were also going to provide the committee with the spending, where are we with the spending, what are some of the challenges that we are having and how are we uh, addressing those. To uh, start with the discussion on the performance, Jefferson, we have provided an overview of the non-financial and financial performance of the department as at the end of September. As indicated, the department has three programs, administration, water resource management, and water services management. The actual performance um, is indicated there for the various programs at a 64% average, and the budget spent also at the end of September uh, for all the programs department-wide is 32%. And the reasons why there are areas of underperformance are also indicated in the um, column there that is uh, titled uh, comments. And we are able to 
elaborate as we'll be uh, responding to the committee. We can move to the next slide. In terms of uh, expenditure, 32% uh, are reasons why uh, this is um, where it is. The department has approved a drawings of 7.6 billion and um, as at the end of September, there is under expenditure of 1.8 billion when comparing uh, against the drawings. So there are various factors uh, which includes amongst others, the additional uh, allocation that we received also uh, pushed up our uh, budget uh, uh, denominator thus resulting in uh, this underspending, but there are also other specific reasons uh, why the, uh, there is underspending and those are indicated by economic classification on compensation of employees, uh, there is uh, underspending, which is due to the outstanding uh, general cost of living salary adjustments. And also the department had to go through a process of reprioritizing and filling of critical uh, funded vacancies. Also to remain within the uh, ceiling, uh, the budget ceiling that has been approved by Treasury in the um, MTF period. So that also had to uh, impact had an impact on the slowing down of the um, filling of posts. Then on goods and services as well, we still had um, invoices that were still to be received. In the main, uh, it relates to office accommodation. We've been uh, in uh, constant engagement with the Department of Public Works for those um, invoices and others relates to a uh, normal uh, operational uh, cost invoices. The interest on land, um, that is the interest that we paid for the GPF, as well as the compensation of acquisition for servitude that we paid when we are acquiring land in one of the projects in the free state. The transfers and drawings mainly includes transfers to municipalities, the conditional grants. At the end of September, there were a number of withholdings that were in compliance of Division of Revenue Act and the department has been engaging with those uh, municipalities to implement uh, remedial uh, measures, which enable the department uh, to actually transfer, to release these uh, allocations in the uh, subsequent uh, period, which is the third quarter. And also on the water boards, there were reallocations that we have processed, they prioritized, which required national clearance approval. At the end of the uh, second uh, quarter or midterm, we still engaging treasury with those um, uh, approvals. Then the other part, Chairperson, uh, uh, let me, yes, we can continue and um, this slide is just the financial um, overview of what I've just uh, narrated, uh, the 17.6 billion against the, um, uh, the spending of 5.7 billion. So if we need to talk to specific programs, we are able to do that as well as the economic uh, classification. A bulk of the funding uh, is also shown on slide number 17, that's correct, uh, can proceed. On slide number 17, uh, the bulk of the department's uh, budget goes to uh, transfers and subsidies, which includes uh, conditional grants to uh, local um, government, as well as um, the transfers to the water boards and transfers to our uh, auto trading account or entity as it is commonly uh, known. So this is the area where uh, a bulk of the uh, work of the department is being uh, implemented and our recovery plans 
are actually uh, focused on this. We can move to the next uh, slide. Okay, this uh, chairperson is just to provide a, an overview of the financial uh, highlights. There were previously concerns around the financial uh, viability of the department. Uh, I can indicate that the water trading account is reflecting a favorable uh, balance. However, there are concerns, as I've indicated, around the underspending which we are currently working on. And on the balance sheet side as well, the, there are challenges on the trade receivables. Those relate to the um, water sales uh, debt, including the sales to municipalities, where we are still engaging with COPTA as well as municipalities to ensure that uh, we recover most of those uh, funds. And for the reporting period, I can also indicate that the department managed to recoup 6.6 .6 billion uh, for these water uh, sales. The other areas has to do with the um, improper expenditure, your irregular expenditure, which we have a slide um, to uh, talk to. Uh, that is on slide number uh, 19. This is one area, Chairperson, uh, that the department has uh, put concerted effort to correct some of the uh, previous um, non-compliance areas that were uh, reported. And the total amount of irregular expenditure of the two accounts, the uh, main account, the vote, as well as the trading account is 17.7 billion. And of that, I can also um, report that 10 billion of that is under condonation process where the department has applied to national treasury and we are currently having uh, engagements with Treasury where there is uh, a request for additional information. Some of these cases are still um, linked to your court processes that must be concluded. Disciplinary proceedings are also an ongoing Jefferson uh, where we need to conclude those processes for National Treasury to be able to finally consider the, uh, the request and then one billion uh, the investigations have been concluded and the department is now implementing uh, the recommendations of those um, investigations and in progress we can indicate that 6.7 billion of uh, the irregular expenditure is uh, being um, investigated is in progress and uh, we can move to the uh, last slide and then um, the last slide chairperson provides an overview of our reactivation and recovery uh, plans that we have and um, as a department developed and um, consolidated procurement recovery uh, plans which are aligned now to the revised uh, budgets as well as some of the work that we are also assigning through the construction unit as well as uh, implementing agents uh, which are your municipalities and the uh, water boards. Some of the provinces um, experience delays in some of their projects for uh, various reasons. Some has to do with stoppages, uh, community unrest, contractual disputes. And um, I can confirm that we have uh, actually had the uh, reprioritization exercises where the various provinces have identified those as slow moving projects and reallocated funding to those projects that they uh, are able to absorb the funding. Um, within the period 21-22. Uh, Some of these uh, projects are the um, key capital projects, uh, such as the Guyan Water Project uh, in uh, Limpopo, the Nwekhetaf Water Project based in Cape, 
as well as the Val River system that I've indicated in, uh, in Fulani, other projects that received reprioritization and acceleration plans is the Valhamahara scheme, which is uh, in the uh, Northern Cape. And on the area of the, untrans the funds that we didn't transfer to municipalities in line with the Division of Revenue Act, our provincial offices have been working with municipalities to ensure and assist them with compliance requirements. And uh, subsequent to this reporting period, uh, funds were released uh, for the approved projects after we have satisfied uh, ourselves that compliance requirements and projects were also uh, moving. Those were adhered to. On the issue of uh, compensation of employees, uh, the department uh, has uh, developed also and implemented a recruitment plan. We are implementing a new organizational structure. There's filling of vacancies from your executive uh, positions and uh, other key uh, posts within the department. Those are being um, filled by the department. And overall, um, in addition to your condonation processes that I've indicated to resolve the historic and um, improper expenditure, there are measures to uh, improve systems of internal control relating to your human resource, your procurement and financial management to prevent uh, incidents of uh, unauthorized, irregular, fruitless and wasteful expenditure, but also to have an organizational culture that will be contributing towards uh, service uh, delivery and minimizing uh, this wastage. Accelerated project implementation, including employment and transformation targets, those, as I've indicated, are going to contribute to those local uh, economies in the various municipalities, provinces, and to the economy at large. Uh, I'll hand over to our uh, leadership to guide if there's further um, input that they would like to make. Yeah, your excellency. Chair, we must apologize, Shane, with the, the members of the committee who are late. Uh, I had a crisis meeting about Zimbabwe because we always talk about these things and uh, we don't do our work. We might allow Untabi who's leading the team to say her last word there, but may not participate towards the end there. Uh, thank you. Okay, no, thank you. Uh, welcome, uh, Honorable Minister, Deputy Minister. <clears throat> you may uh, continue, uh, the leader of the team. Thank you, thank you, Chair. Um, thank you, DM. Um, Chair, I think that is, will be our presentation for, for today to, to you, to your good self. We shall await your, your, your questions and comments, then we'll respond thereafter. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you very much. Oh, uh, oh, uh, no, 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 no problem. Uh, uh, no problem, Deputy Minister. We are, <clears throat> so long as we have, you have arrived. Uh, <clears throat> I note the, okay, honorable members, uh, I think that's the presentation by by water and sanitation. Uh, I think the minister, you said you want to come at the end of the responses. De definitely, Your Excellency, Comrade Chair. Okay. So, honorable members, uh, 
let me then take this time uh, to give you a chance to engage with the presentation which has been made by and the responses which have been made by the department. And uh, can I take hands? Uh, who is uh, in the Dipo. line? Dipuo Peters. Hey, Comrade Dipuo. Uh, welcome, Comrade Dipuo. And uh, fresh from the uh, doctor's uh, uh, attention, uh, we want to welcome you back. Uh, we've been missing you uh, from this committee for quite long now. We're happy that we see your face and it's, uh, it's bright. Thank you, thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chairperson. Yeah. Uh, who's next, uh, honourable members? Butelezi, uh, Butelezi. Oh, uh, welcome, Chair. Tonyana. Uh, honourable Tonyana. Who's else? Honorable Moshala, thank you. Okay. Lenzana. Honorable Moshala. Honorable Lenzana. Okay, let us continue. I will try. Matafa. Okay. Honorable Matafa. All right. So let's continue in that order. Then let me start with Honorable Dibua. Thanks. Thank you very much, Chairperson. And uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank the committee for their prayers. And I'm back. And uh, I also want to take this opportunity to thank the department um, and for the late entry of the Deputy Minister. We really appreciate your commitment to coming to this committee. It's not the first time you are always available for this committee. I also want to thank the officials from the department who are standing in for the acting DG to, to, to make the presentation. Chairperson, uh, many years ago, when we were dealing with the challenges, and Honorable Mashoba would remember, we were dealing with the challenges related to energy in this country around 2008 and up to the time of 2010, already at that particular stage, we were informed as this country that the next challenge that this country is going to face will be a water challenge. And I don't understand right now why we seem to not have planned better in terms of water management and water a, 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 a usage, despite the, the 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 major master plans and strategies that are in place in the department, one of the biggest challenges, Chairperson, that I want to start with, is the issue related to how we, as a, the citizens of this country, the populace, actually understand the value of water. We 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 seem to understand the value of water when the water is not there. But when the water is there, we don't save water. I don't know and I don't remember ever having been alerted to a massive campaign almost to the same 
level that uh, was done with the energy efficiency where there was a 49M campaign driven through the Department of Energy, uh, Public Enterprises and ESCOM in particular and municipalities to mobilize society about energy efficiency. Remember, Honorable Matkobo, when uh, solar water heating systems were uh, uh, installed on households and how water became a key discussion point, especially water infrastructure uh, 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 management through the Presidential Infrastructure Coordinating Commission. So I just want to know, where did we miss uh, uh, the boat in terms of making it possible that uh, people understand the value of water and the importance of water? The other thing, Chairperson, now recently with the challenges in Gauteng with rent water, we saw how the, the community responded. And I was a bit uh, disappointed in the role, not a bit, very much disappointed in the role that the media played in uh, hyping up the community around the fact that there is no water. And yet, two weeks or so before, even me, who's not living in Gauteng, was aware that uh, there is a notice that from this date to this date, there will be a rehabilitation of infrastructure and there will be a water shortage. There was even a call that people should not hoard water because when you hoard water, when uh, the, the flow comes back, it will take longer because the, 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 sub, the, 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 the catch point are, are, are depleted. So I, I don't know, maybe the department should, through COCTA as well as the department and municipalities, really invest in a massive a, a, a public education campaign about water usage. There was a program that the department launched called a war on leaks, where uh, uh, young people were trained to be plumbers, to, to, to go around looking for leaks. But there are major leaks that these young people will not pick up, Chairperson, which are related to, like, for example, what I saw in, 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 in Alexander Township in Houting, where people literally were doing washing under a tap. The water is running continuously. The person is doing her own washing, not caring about the other water users in that, in that particular area. We've got a challenge for many years, uh, Honorable Matkobo. The people of Hamanskral have been having water challenges. And in Hamanskral, it's even more painful because of the demarcation related issues where you have your Houting, Limpopo, Mpumalanga, and uh, a, a northwest demarcation in one particular municipal space. When are we going to deal with the challenges of the, the issue of uh, access to a, a reliable water supply, RDP standards, even in our rural areas? Chaperson, you know that uh, as people who are uh, uh, linked with our people in the rural areas, we know that our rural communities want roads, they want water, they want electricity, and then they, they provide the houses. If you see how people build houses in various parts of, of the, 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 the country in rural areas, you'll realize that people really can build their own houses if they have the ability, the infrastructure to support that. So the, the, the other issue that I want to raise is the issue of the role of the private contractors, deputy minister, and, and, and senior officials in the department in our municipalities with these breakages and interruptions of water from time to time. 
I was experiencing something during the elections where in Mahareng, the a municipality in, in Warrington, the municipality repaired the pipes. And in less than a day, the pipes were, were broken, parts were stolen, and another area was broken. So you need to investigate together with Cocta and other security companies how it is possible that a repair that is done now, in less than 24 hours, it would be again, there would be again damage. And the community doesn't know that it is not the municipality that is responsible for that damage. It is a time our own community, but also I suspect the role of the private companies that are actually making money out of all these repairs. And I think it is important that that particular uh, 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 issue be addressed. So, Chaperson, my points on leaks on water, I'm, I'm raising that. But also there's another element that is very interesting. The people living in these uh, suburbs with large sprawling lawns that are forever green. I got a, 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 an indication from somebody that there are people who are deliberately stealing water from the municipality. They are diverting the meters. So what they are being built for is not their own consumption. So I would want to recommend to the department and to COCTA and municipalities, in particular, uh, 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 the municipalities that have got a, a, a water a management licenses, to be able, and also the institutions that are responsible for water, to go and make sure that the war on leaks don't only focus on the small taps in our small communities, but in this lush, green and uh, uh, affluent areas where people water as they wish, even when it is raining, you will see sprinkler systems on. So I think it is important that uh, we look at that because the, their consumption is not based, I mean, they are, their consumption is not based on what they actually use in terms of the billing system of the municipalities. The, uh, 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 and I want to know if the, the department and municipalities does have the uh, mechanisms to penalize culprits if they are found out, because if that was done, it would have uh, ended. The other thing, Chaperson, is the relationship between the Department of Agriculture and, and uh, land reform and the Department of Water Affairs in terms of water uh, use licenses. It is truly disheartening to find that the Department of Agriculture and Land Reform allocates a, 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 a land or farms to emerging farmers and then the emerging farmers don't have access to, 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 to water use. The, the, the original owner who sold the farm to the to, 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 to the department to reallocate to emerging farmers is still having the water licenses. So I want to know from your water resource management, how do you make it possible that this allocation that was given to the established commercial farmers in the past is it's actually reviewed. And, and based on the latest water challenges, what is the department's plan and financial uh, implication for avoiding a future recurrence of these challenges that we have experienced. In 2019, this committee requested the department to consider the entire Val River system and other rivers for the time of augmentation and the type of interventions that you are doing. But we, I don't remember, uh, I might have missed it out a chairperson, 
how many polluters were ever brought to book for the damage on the system. We did uh, erase it, and I remember the chairperson, myself, Honorable Mlemzana, in the debates, even in the House, raising how the polluter must pay and the polluter must be penalized. But we have never had a situation where we're given an indication or we see publicly that this polluter is responsible for the mess that we have on the Val River system. Which municipalities on this system was capacitated? When and how? With how much? Is the capacity done by consultants or is it done for in-house support? Because it is supposed to be capacity for the municipality. Let it be done for the municipality so that the, the consultants should not be the ones that actually benefit consistently from this. On slide 15, Chairperson, the department says they had a... Can you just wrap up? Uh... Thank you, Chair. I'll wrap up. Slide 15. 25% under expenditure. How did Recording this affect, stopped. How did this affect in particular household with water limitations and water cuts? Slide 18, you're talking about a favorable balance. To who and uh, what are the implications on the, the, the consumers of your, your, your products, which is the water? And, and uh, uh, I, lastly, Chair, I want to know if the department has realized any savings due to the new normal of remote uh, uh, work, because there is now less consumption and less of water and power, as well as office uh, space. And how much recording in progress? How much does the department owe municipalities, together with uh, the support that they get from the DPW, uh, uh, which is the Department of Public Works? It's important that the department tells us if. The Department of Water Affairs owes the municipalities and how they are going to remedy it. Thank you, Chairperson. I'm sorry uh, for doing this on first day at work. Okay. Uh, honorable members, thank you, Honorable Dupu. Uh, I'm going to ask members to switch on their videos whilst you are on platform because the program is live on TV. Thank you very much. Honorable Flonian. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chair, um, well, first and foremost, Chair, I would just like to air my disappointment on the apologies of the minister. Um, even the deputy minister did arrive late and the acting DG is not here. So I, I'm really just very disappointed on, um, on how this department is just on autopilot. But with that said, when I chairperson, I would like to welcome the report. Um, the, I'm now like to welcome the presentation. And then as the presentation was given today, I still want to just say the question of the Val River, which we were all looking forward to it, was not answered to my view. It was not answered at all. I, I still feel like the Val River is still a mess. I thought that the presentation was going to explain to us um, what must be done, how is it going to be done, and how is it going to be resolved, and it was not. Um, secondly, Chair, I just also want to just check with the department that are they aware that there are white farmers who are redirecting rivers of this country to their farms? And then if the department is aware about this, well, I just want to know what are they doing about it as the department. 
And yes, uh, the previous speaker is correct. You know, water lost uh, when Ache is the water which you will never get back. And the issue of water being lost in this country is just too serious. We're a country that cannot afford even to lose a liter of water because of leakages. Um, and seriously, we have leakages almost every single place in this country. Water is just running around on the streets. A place like that, I would like to point out Mangaung. I don't know what is happening in that Mangaung. In Mangaung town itself, you have water which is just running around. It's been running around like the whole time, the whole entire time. And it, it's not even a leak. It's like a river which is running in town. And no one is doing anything about it. And I just want to check with the department that in within the department, who is the person responsible in making sure that that thing called Manga Wu puts its affairs in order, especially with the leakages of water and the sewage that continues to run on the streets. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, member. Uh, let me give now Honorable uh, Mushala. Is Honorable Mushala here? The ICA is on this. You may come in. Jefferson? Yes. Sorry about that. Can I come after the next speaker? I'm in a very noisy area. I just want to shift from the, the place where I am now. Mm. Okay. Uh, okay, we'll pass you. We'll, we'll come late. Uh, Honorable uh, Mlenzan. Uh, yes, uh, thanks, the President. Good morning. Uh, and uh, to you, uh, good morning, Chairperson, though I know that you have arrived a bit late. Uh, good morning, DM uh, and uh, your team. Let me start by uh, joining uh, colleagues uh, in terms of uh, accepting the report. And uh, I don't know what's happening uh, with my uh, spectacles. Uh, sabotage. Yeah, I'm fine now, I can see. Uh, I was saying, let me welcome also the, the, the presentation. And uh, yes, uh, Honorable uh, Deputy Minister, we would have loved to, to be with the minister. Let's put that on record. But then, uh, if material conditions uh, do not uh, allow, we will then accept uh, the apology and uh, pass uh, our regards to him that uh, we would wish to be with him next time. Uh, I don't have much, uh, Chairperson. It's just two things. Let me start with this generic one. Uh, the, the, the generic one would be on the general management uh, within the department. Uh, if we could be briefed. Uh, starting with uh, the acting positions. We would remember whenever 
and uh, we, 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 we meet the department, there would be somebody acting. I haven't heard, I'm not even sure if the DG is, 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 is actually permanent. It looks like here we are in a drama. Everybody is acting. And now immediately, and we've been raising this, uh, Deputy Minister, that immediately you have this acting, act, acting, acting. Now you're talking an acting CFO for instance. You know, there's one thing I know about acting, is that immediately you are told that you are acting. You would shy away from taking decisive decisions. Hence, we see uh, the, 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 the type of, way, of shady work uh, that uh, is, is actually in front of us. I, I will not get deep into that, Chairperson. I'm trying to, to, to rush uh, on time. Chair, we will have on this uh, Val River Pollution Remediation Project. Now, for me, if Chair, we could get specifics, uh, uh, details in terms of the proposed rollover uh, 582.2 uh, million. How, how, how is it going to be spent? And uh, it also, who are the, the main stakeholders in this project? And what is the, the specific role? Because look, Chairperson, I'm raising this because we have learned, we have learned the hard way from ESCOM where we would be told that there's this that has to be done and we're bringing in this and that and that and whoever only to find that money gets child whilst you don't see the output. Uh, I'm talking, for instance, of your implementing agents and all. If, if we could get all that detail. Now, the, the other one, I don't doubt... Uh, the, the, the capacity of rainwater. But can, 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 can I be assured? Because here, Jefferson, we are talking of a quick service arrangement. Because all of us say we want to see this Val River project done. Now, is rainwater capacitated uh, to do that? Uh, how, how is the muscle and magnitude of groundwater? Uh, and, and lastly, if now this has to be uh, programmatized, I'm referring to this uh, Val River uh, project. Can we be assured, Deputy Minister, that this time around, uh, this is the starting uh, point and by then would be done these are the cash flow projections and everything that a project needs, if it could be, you know, uh, tabled to us, so that at least now we go past this. Th thanks, Chairperson. If, if, if there is some time, you can, you can, because I could see that Honorable poor was cut. Uh, you can donate my few minutes to her. Okay, thank you, Honorable Mlanzana. Uh, let me go back to Honorable Mshala. Are you ready now? Yes, I'm ready, Chair. Thanks so okay. much for the opportunity.
Um, Chairperson, I've got a few questions to the portfolio committee. Chairperson, uh, uh, Honorable Mlenza, I just addressed the issue of the 18 CFO in the Department you, of and Sanitation. Honorable, are you able to switch on your video? Uh, I'm not in a fine space. Um, okay. I've put my profile picture there. Yes, so Chairperson, uh, Honorable Mlenzana have actually, and the other thing is the issue of network is not okay in my site. I'm at the rural uh, areas, so the network is not good. Honorable Mlenzana have touched the issue of the 18 CFO in the Department of Water and Sanitation. The 18 CFO in this department has been there forever, for ever since we started from 2019. We addressed this issue with the department. We went to SCOPA about this thing. They were given deadlines to say that on this particular day, this thing must be sorted. Even today, nothing has been done. Chairperson, I don't really understand what is that that is holding this department to appoint a permanent uh, person for this position. They must tell us today, it's been long. We've been talking about these things. And every day they come with stories, these stories, this. we are sick and tired of stories. They must give us uh, correct answers today of what is the problem? Why are they not appointing uh, the, CF the, the CFO? The other issue is the issue of the water leaks. We know the response will always be that is the juris jurisdictions of the municipalities. The municipalities must be the one that are dealing with those things. This department, uh, Chairperson, spent a lot of money during uh, the former president of the ANC and the state president, uh, uh, Jacob Zuma, on the issue of water leaks and training of uh, uh, people, of artisans who are going to deal with these issues. We are worried when we hear Honorable Ndogo also saying that at Mangaung, water is all over the place. Where are those people? Because we've been told by this department that those people have been filled. Where are they filled? Because we spend a lot of money, billions of rent on this project. Chairperson, the other question is, at a meeting with the Portfolio Committee on Water and Sanitation on the second quarter, quarter there was mention of steering committee being established to address uh, several issues of uh, the challenges that remain in Guyan Water Project, the Val Ramagara Regional Water Supply Scheme. And uh, are these steering committees on an internal composition? or will be appropriate, will appropriated funds be used to hire consultants to address these challenges? Another question, Chairperson, how effective will the adjusted appropriations be if for several, for several years of intervention, the challenges that remain in Guyan Water Project, project the Val Hamagara Regional Water Supply Scheme and the Val Integrated System, is there a historical report specifically on this project? The cost thereof to fully understand how and why new interventions and allocation will not fail again. 
once more chairperson the BRICS Development Bank through the Development Bank of South Africa. Of South Africa is providing much needed loans for infrastructure development in South Africa. How is the department utilizing these funds from the uh, DBSA? Lastly, Chairperson, in the portfolio committee, the committee members, more especially from the ruling party, they've been advocating for the district development model which is being promoted in that department as the panacea to deal with interrelated matters of waters. Has there been a case study of the implementation of the DDM within the water sector to address basic needs of citizens? Thank you. All right, thank you, uh, honorable member. Um... Let me give Honorable Matafa. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, good morning to your good self, uh, the DM and the team. Thank you very much for the presentation. It really assists in us uh, doing our work going forward. Chairperson, I am pretty much covered, so I will confine myself to about three issues. Some of them have been uh, reflected upon, so my approach will be just to underscore and emphasize some of the points that have been raised. Uh, maybe the first one should be in a form of a comment and a plea, but also to underscore what uh, Honorable, Honorable Dipuo has raised in terms of uh, the interaction of the entities communities and public representatives under difficult times. I'm raising on this one, Chair, because the experience that Comrade uh, Dipuo had experienced, it's almost similar to one that I experienced with our communities in Centurion, in the Lodium area to be specific. And uh, the experience is not good, uh, Chair, so I want to plea with the DM and the department uh, management that maybe with all due respect, there should be some sort of an induction on how politicians interact with government and how they interact with communities. I'm raising this chair based on the experience that we encountered just before the local government elections with uh, rainwater. We experienced the water interruptions. The city of Tswane was on the ground. They confirmed, they took us to their site to indicate that the problem is not on their site. After a few days, eventually rainwater was on site. The first demand that they made was that they are not going to speak to politicians. If politicians are on site, they are leaving. And I think that is worrisome, Chair, because when we are with communities, Firstly, we reside there, we are the community. Secondly, we don't represent government in communities, we represent communities in legislatures. So when communities experience issues of service delivery, the first point of call, it's us and their councillors. When the councillors feel that they are not being serviced properly, they raise their issues with us and other legislatures for intervention. So <clears throat> when government departments come and say, no, 
politicians must go or they will leave. For me, it's unfortunate. So I'm humbly requesting that the department looks at that particular approach because you experienced that and it did not augur well because it would not be proper for communities to raise issues of water. And we say, no, there's a department, there's a number, and maybe there's a cell phone number of the person that will assist you. We took on the responsibility that will represent our communities and we request that is shared and is understood by government departments, particularly the entity called Rendwater. Chair, let me confine myself to two slides, slides 14 and 15. I just want to find out, is there any correlation between the fruitless and wasteful expenditure that resulted in losses, as well as the underperformance as reflected in slide 14. There's an underperformance there, Chair, where the spending is only at 21% on water service management. Now, where I'm sitting, Chair, this is the core business, given the list of variables that are listed on that particular slide as falling under the function of water services management. And that is where we are underperforming. Now, it is worrying, Chair, that we'll spend only 21% and achieve only about 50% of the set targets. So my question is that, is there any correlation between the two? And why I'm asking that, Chair, is because some of the fruitless and wasteful expenditure are accommodation and compensation of employees. Now, my understanding is that naturally these two, just as a way of example, would not result in creation of assets, but they are reported under fruitless and wasteful expenditure as a result of not being able to be capitalized into assets. So by this very nature, these items for me appear to be operational expenses. So I'm not sure if whether the reporting under this line item is wrong, that we'll have compensation of employees and accommodation reported as not being able to be capitalized into assets. Because generally and naturally you can't uh, capitalize compensation of employees into assets. There is also a commitment on the same line item where there is an investigation that is unfolding. Maybe like Honorable Nenzana asking for specifics can we also be finished with specifics in terms of how far is the investigation? Who is being investigated? Who has been charged? And what measures are there to recoup lost uh, uh, monies in the event that they are proven? Secondly, Chair, again on compensation of employees, Honorable Mlenzana and other members raised on that as well on the issues of acting. My question and request for specifics is to find out how many vacancies remain unfilled, those that are funded, and what are the classifications of these particular vacancies. And this chair, I want to link with the point in slide 14, which I touched on, on the underperformance on the core business. So the request for a detailed itemized bill of this particular post will give an indication if whether 
the filling of vacancies in critical areas is wanting, or do we need to pay particular attention on that particular one? Because for me, it's worrying that we don't have, uh, we're underperforming there, but yet we still have vacancies. The last one, on transfer and subsidies, there's withholding of grants from municipalities. The budget cycle waits for no one. When we withhold these particular funds, time moves, and at some particular time, either these funds are used or are rolled over or are returned to the national fiscals. So the question there is what measures, if any, is the department assisting the municipalities to be able to be compliant with the DORA requirements? Because insisting on compliance, but jeopardizing service delivery, for us is like shooting ourselves in the foot. Yes, comp uh, compliance can be achieved in the course of, of, of doing business and providing service. But where we withhold funds and withhold service delivery, it's an injustice to the voters who are expecting service and they so deserve. I'm raising on this chair because there is an agreement that in certain areas, and I think water is one of those complicated and complex areas, there is lack of capacity in municipalities. Hence, I'm asking on any capacitation measures from the department, uh, it can be with, in conjunction with other organs of state like Treasury. Are there any measures and are these measures bearing any fruit and how are they overseeing these particular measures? Thank you very much, Chair, for the opportunity to participate. And I hope that I did not offend anyone in my input, but I feel that it's important that such platforms are used to be able to raise issues that affect our constituencies. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, Matafa. Uh, let me give uh, Honorable uh, Sfiso uh, Butelezi. Thank you so much, uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, Honorable Chairperson. Um, good, good morning, everybody. Uh, 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 good morning, uh, DM Shobo and, and, and your team. And uh, allow me to, to welcome the presentation like uh, uh, the oral members have, have, have done. And uh, just preamble my input by saying that uh, uh, we, we appreciate uh, the presence of Honorable uh, DM Mashobo. He's always with us. Whenever we, we, we call on the department, he's, 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 he's always with us. So we, we, we really appreciate that because some of the issues, in fact, most of the issues that we raise are political and they do need uh, political inter in, in intervention. We are politicians uh, in, the, in, the, in the legislature. And uh, uh, accept the, the, the apology by, uh, by the minister and, and uh, request that uh, in future we'll definitely uh, uh, like to, uh, to have uh, him in the... In the <coughs> In, in, uh, before the, the, the committee, um, I think the, the, the reasons uh, advanced for him not being here uh, are accepted by, uh, by, by, by the committee. <clears throat> um, uh, DM, um, there have been committees who have tried to come before us, and uh, when the senior leadership was not there, we just requested them to go back and come back with the senior leadership. In other words, I'm saying uh, the the DG not being here, uh, I don't think that uh, it, it's 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 <clears throat> it's good optics from 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 our side. If we could just 
underline that. <clears throat> I think by and large, I've, I've been uh, uh, covered by uh, the honorable members, but uh, I think a few ones that I would also like to, to stress on. Haman <clears throat> Skral, um, uh, DM, what are we going to do to, to resolve that thing by when? Um, uh, again, factor in, as one or member said, the DTM. Our people don't understand this thing of a local, provincial, and national government or agents. They expect government to, uh, to respond to this. And uh, uh, <clears throat> your department, DM, as this one at, at, at the head, um, would like to hear uh, exactly what's going to happen uh, uh, by when. Um, because we, we can't have a situation in a country where we've got uh, scientists who can discover uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, Macron before the West does, but we can't solve this simple one of, of water. So can, can we uh, be uh, taken into confidence exactly as national government, what are we going to do to ensure that there is water in Amaskrat and many other places um, um, uh, where there's such a, 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 a challenge? We sit in this committee and uh, approve budgets. And one department that we always ensure that it gets money is it's, it's, it's water and sanitation. So um, as, as we keep on saying, uh, uh, money is not panacea to all the problems that we're having, but definitely it's, it's, it's one of those things which from our side, we say we have played our part as, as, as parliament. So let other people pick up the ball and, and, and run with it. When are we solving this problem? I think that's what we... The, the, the MU may not be able to tell us now, but it's one answer that we definitely want, uh, whether it's written back to us or in whatever form. <clears throat> um, the perennial problem, the Val River pollution, right? One, uh, we have got a rollover of about 582.2 million rand. And we don't understand that. Uh, the, the economics of, of, of rollovers aside, but uh, looking at just the implications of service delivery um, of, of, of uh, the Val River damping in, 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 this, in the situation it is in, um, what, are we do, what are we doing about that? You remember that uh, this is a, it's a long standing, at some stage with uh, the army going, going to, to the Val River. What happened? Um, when are we going to solve this, 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 this problem? A related question is that it's very clear that in the Val River, there are also a, a private sector polluters, um, uh, the industry, uh, what they will call negative externalities. Have we identified those industries which are polluting the, 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 the Val River? What are we doing about them? Or put differently, what are we going to do about them? One, to make sure that they, po they pay for pollution, but two, to ensure that we prevent uh, that pollution coming from, uh, coming from them. Uh, lastly, uh, 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 Chairperson, we've built a lot of dams, but the problem is that those dams, there's water in areas where people can't access uh, that water. Uh, the DM, you know, my, 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 my pet project, the Josini one and the surrounding areas, where, what is happening? Where are we? But again, there's a, there's a dam, uh, a Woodstock Dam in Bagville. Um, I once went to this area 
and uh, I found a situation which uh, uh, Honorable Peters spoke about, where there are a lot of uh, emerging farmers around the dam, but they don't have access to that water. What it's one thing to build the dams, but it's one thing to make sure that uh, people have access to to that water. When I was in 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 Bergville, uh, the people there said, "You see, one day we are going to close this uh, dam because we know that it takes water to Houghton." But those of us who reside here have got no access uh, uh, to this water. It's more or less the same like people in the Northwest who, who reside in areas with a lot of platinum. But all what they see, they see trucks taking their platinum out of their place and are left in poverty. But in these areas, we've got a lot of water. The people around those areas don't have access to that water. Uh, what, are we going, what is the plan around these, uh, these, uh, these, these uh, uh, challenges? And as I'm saying, uh, um, rollovers in these types of um, uh, uh, departments and these type of projects are definitely uh, not welcomed by, by the committee. Thank you, Chairperson. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Chair. Honorable members, just before I, I give to the department to respond, can I just check... Uh, to give you one minute each, if there's any one of you wants to come back, can I get indication, uh, members? Honorable Dipu. Thank you, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, I just want my last question was related to the capacity of the the water boards and other water uh, agencies, and I think the Chairperson has raised that particular issue of the challenges that are there, the capacity challenges, but also the fact that when our people don't have water, Jefferson, uh, like Honorable Matafa said, they, 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 they don't run to anybody. They run to you as an MP, they run to councillors, and yet the department as agencies don't have a appreciation and respect for the role of public representatives. Maybe the department, like Honor Matafa has said, needs to give them during their inductions a course on understanding the role of public representatives. We are elected by the public to take their interests at heart. And any agency of the state that we appropriate money for, in particular as parliament, and uh, we make bylaws as councillors, should respect that and honor that. And thank you very much, sir, once more. Thank you, Honorable Mlenza. Okay. Thank you, Honorable Dipu, Honorable Shonyan. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, Chair, mine is just one. Um, honestly speaking, water is life. And if we are not going to give our people water or the situation where our people cannot get access to water, it simply means that we want to murder them. It, it's, sim- it's simple, like without water, you die. So if we do not provide water, we're simply saying that our people must die. So the department needs to take this issue of water seriously. Water is life. South Africa is rich enough to have the money to be able to make sure that every citizen in this country can get water. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you. Honorable uh, do you still need platform? Yes, just one thing, just one thing, Chairperson. If the department could uh, provide us uh, with the implementation plan of uh, their internal controls, 
and uh, the, in the, the financial recovery plan, especially given that uh, this has been the department's priority for quite some time. Uh, just that, Jefferson. Thanks. Okay, thanks. Honorable Honorable Musala, Honorable Matafa. No, I'm fine, Chair. Thank you very much. I'm also oh, fine, fine, Chair. Thank you. Okay. No, uh, just before I. Uh, Chairperson, okay. Chairperson. Right. Thank you, Honorable. Uh, Chairperson, can you allow me to abuse yes. them? Uh, just one point which was to be taken by either of the colleagues. I didn't hear the department talking much on their key program on the uh, eradication of bucket toilets. Uh, if, if they could uh, indicate to us. Also, this has been haunting us for some time. When are we talking past this thing of bucket system? Thanks, Chair. Yeah, Thank you very much. Let me just come in with one question. The question is, how will the Department of Water and Sanitation react if class action is brought on, not meeting constitutional mandate? Thank you. All right, uh, honorable members. Uh, yeah, I think let me just raise two things before the team also responds, uh, respond. Uh, the the issue that has just been raised by Honorable Mlenzam, that was the issue that I wanted to raise very sharply with the department to say, look, uh, we have been making story around the issue of uh, budget eradication uh, program for for now years now, and, and and this actually has stripped out the dignity of our people. Uh, we, we shouldn't be here where we are now, where the budget system. Uh, it, it's still a story that uh, captures the headline, uh, you know. Uh, so if it was according to me, uh, uh, Deputy Minister, I would say let this be be one of the performance, uh, part of the performance agreement that goes into a, a contract with the official to say, Part of your your contract is the eradication of this bucket system. I mean, this uh, uh, yes, bucket system, <clears throat> making sure that now that has been dealt with as part of your your, your performance, so that we no longer talk talk about this one uh, in future, but receiving a progress now that at least seventy five percent it has been now covered or there's a a massive uh, program that has actually made the progress to this extent. Uh, so, but I, I think in the absence of anything that seek to measure whether we're moving backward or forward uh, or stagnation, uh, uh, so it, it, it is one of the areas that I'd say it really stripped off the dignity of our people. If you talk about the budget system, you would know around this, our schools in the rural areas, uh, uh, to what an extent it has caused a, a, a damage. Secondly, is on the issue of, uh, on, 
on, you know, on the problem of water, you know, supply and, you know, a clean water supply. I want to make mention, although uh, one has picked up a slight progress that is there in as far as the, the problem of water in Kronstadt is concerned. Uh, uh, so the river is just running just along the, the, the town, but people are struggling to get the water. But they, they will tell you, look, we see that here is a river here around in town, but we don't have uh, enough clean water. So we shouldn't be having such challenges. Uh, you would know uh, the epidemics at some stage, the issue of uh, water in Machabing, uh, whereby now these uh, Zama Zama uh, people come and, and, you know, disrupt the infrastructure there. It, it will mean there's no security whilst we are investing in the new infrastructure. So what is the water department at the same time dealing, doing with this uh, matter of, you know, security of the infrastructure, which is put up there so that it supply uh, people with water, but then in the absence of security, then the infrastructure itself get, uh, you know, uh, disrupted. I know to an extent, I mean, some are in the territory of the local municipality, but generally, the issue of water is very key to supply, to enhance economic activity itself, but in the absence of security itself, it's a serious problem. So I just wanted to mention those two um, uh, issues just before I hand over to the, to the team to respond and the minister will also come. No, no thank you very much, uh, Your Excellency, Acting Chair and uh, to Chairperson Ukumrite, my elder brother Ushen, and all the members. And uh, we, we welcome the input and guidance, and, uh, and we don't take lightly, Your Excellencies, uh, your, your continued support, because uh, water is the only matter in our constitution and the environment that comes out clearly in this democratic uh, South Africa. That uh, these are some of the issues that uh, we'll have to provide water and sanitation without fail. I do agree with members of uh, of uh, this special committee on appropriations that um, we should do whatever it takes uh, to ensure that these constitutional rights are actually realized and um, along the way because we're dealing with massive issues uh, your excellencies along the way we should be able to recognize that um, a significant progress has been made in the last 27 years um, especially when you look at the historic imbalances of uh, the rollout of water infrastructure and sanitation services but um, We've done well um, uh, compared to many countries who never had uh, a similar situation of our case. But uh, as a department and as an ANC-led government, we are the first one to to agree that uh, there is still more to be done. There are communities who don't have water at all, but there are also communities that uh, water is not available all, all the time in terms of uh, reliability. 
We also agree that uh, sanitation services have been rolled out to many, many South Africans because where we stand, there are two matters that our constitution places emphasis is the question of right to life. The right to life is one of the rights in the constitution that doesn't have any limitation clause. That right to life where we stand in our own assignment, water is life because correctly, honorable we are correct that without water, you can't live. Even our own composition of our bodies, more than 70% is water. But the other injunction in the constitution is around the question of dignity, that we should be able to ensure that whatever we take, but um, we respect and restore the dignity of all our people. Therefore, when it comes to sanitation and the inhumane conditions, there are those uh, areas, irrespective of which political party, because uh, uh, there have been challenges of sanitation across. Chairperson, maybe the first issue that we want to respond to is with respect to the capacity of the state. Uh, That includes uh, the issues about the department. Admittedly, Chair and the members, the department has been having very inconsistencies and instability at an administration over a quite a number of years. But equally, we must also thank those uh, men and women who managed to hold the turf, the, the fort, I mean, under difficult conditions. We have not been having the accounting officer, uh, uh, Honorable Comrade Kais, of since 2017. And uh, I must be able to indicate that since uh, the department became a new ministry, the department has always been there but we have been configured again to be a standalone minister. After the 5th of August, one of the issues that we agreed with Minister Mkun and, and, and uh, Deputy Minister Magatsi was to stabilize the top. Uh, we are very pleased to indicate that after the 5th of August, the President gave us the permission. We did advertise the post of the Director General. Interviews have been conducted. And you are moving with speed. Uh, if uh, the discussion between the Ministry of Water and Sanitation and DPSA of Public Service and Administration, they agree, we'll want to go to, to the last cabinet meeting of the 8th of December, Chair, to ensure that the appointment of a suitable men or women should be in that particular position because it's an important position, Chair. Secondly, we have also the, the, the person who's leading the delegation, Ms. Ntabisen Fundagubi, because the department has been undergoing restructuring all the time. We have not been having a substantive head of corporate services. Uh, we have concluded between the ministry and Ms. Fundagubi, she is now formally uh, the DTG, not acting DTG. DTG for corporate services were filled that particular post. The other most important position that has been a problem is the position to support municipalities around water services function. That particular position we've advertised it, and the position for DTG regulations, 
the position of the DTG water infrastructure couldn't be filled, Chair, because there were certain matters, labor relation matters between uh, the, the incubate and the department. And unfortunately, those matters have taken, they've been going on for, more than, for nearly four years. Uh, in our last engagement with management uh, over the last, um, um, about a day or two days ago, Chair, we have made the decision. We are, we are going to be advertising the post of the chief financial officer of the department. Uh, because as we are all saying that we need someone that is substantive in the position. But equally, if you look at uh, the appropriations that you give, and even on the, over the MTF, the budget of the department, just on the main account alone, uh, uh, your excellency comrade chair, it will be more than 20 billion rands. And if you include uh, our water trading entity, that budget of that department is more than 30 billion rand. We'll be looking either for a man or a woman of substance, but who's also registered with a professional board. We want a chartered accountant because we place more emphasis around the management of the pests and issues of the, the being prudent. But the team, they've done their level best on these particular issues. The other matter about the capacity of the department, the department is having a staff complement, a, a comrade chair above 8,000 employees. These 8,000 employees, only about 10% of them, 10%, which is about above 800. In the main, they are scientists, some of them, they are technicians, some of them, they are engineers. And you could see that the capacity of this department, and in the main, is mostly a technical department. We are prioritizing that particular issue, Chair, because the ratio is not actually correct. We want, like Honorable Comrade before you were speaking, it's been a biggest issue, not only for us, but also the infrastructure-related areas. We are trying to rebuild the professional uh, professionals responsible for planning, for development, for construction, management, operations, and maintenance of our nation's life support system because it's one of the biggest issues. There are areas where you could see we have not performed well over time on a number of projects, despite the massive investments in infrastructure currently. The department, with all the entities we have, on all the support of the monies that yourself and the Obab Shen have supported us, we are running more than 262 projects. But normally they don't get finished on time. They don't get to be finished on, or, or, or within budget. And we are attending to the capacity around project management issues of contract management, including issues of engineering, because some of the problems that we have have everything to do with issues of design. The water boards, uh, your excellencies, they are of different strength. The strength in water, in rainwater, a company over 100 years, very strong and big. Umgeni uh, water, you look at also uh, Umklatuze, but other water boards, they are struggling. They are struggling not only in terms of capacity, but in terms of governance, but also in terms of leadership. That's why we've met all these entities when we visited. 
your experience in your own province of Free State, you know what uh, Sedibank did. Uh, <laughs> while you were on your campaign train, water just uh, ran out of uh, Free State and Northwest. Uh, the challenges of Lipele and so forth, hence you see many investigations. But I thought, Chair, let me start about issues on how to stabilize and how to deal with some of these issues that um, we, we, we thought uh, should be attended to. Well, the issues that uh, are raised by um, Honorable Umam uh, Utipuone, we, 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 some of these matters she raised are matters of uh, recommendation. We must admit, that South Africans, they don't place a biggest premium and appreciation that every drop we waste, someone is looking for that particular drop. And we take as an injunction or an intervention that we need to do much better because there were campaigns, some of these campaigns they were not elevated to the experiences she had when she was in energy or the stint I had in energy myself. We are going to make it a priority, a term, that civic education, um, generally, not only this thing of teaching schools, because in the school curriculum, the matter is there, is part of life sciences. But the issues of South Africans, understanding the value of water, issues of understanding that we can't pollute, the very same experience like you see in Rwanda, the understanding that our streets and our villages and everywhere we must keep them clean. We are taking it as a, a matter, and when we meet next time, we'll be more actually increase only both our communication, but also Recording our in progress. Because even the, 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 the kind of um, a appreciation by yourselves. We will have to make water to be everybody's business. The question on war on leaks and the spillages. Jefferson, we must admit that um, there are a number of reasons why these matters are happening. In the main, the project that was called War on Leaks, the department spent more than 3 billion rands. The youngsters were trained. Um, but that project had all the good intentions. But we must also admit that the rollout of the project had some in unintended consequences. As we speak now, there are processes by the Special Investigation Unit to look at some of the wrongdoings that happened on this project. But the war on leaks must continue to continue, Chair. But we must be able to know what are we addressing. In South Africa, in the main, is not about fixing the leaks. In the main, the pipes or the network, they are very old, Jefferson. You look at some of these towns and dorpies and the townships, they are more than 100 years. They are more than 80 years or 70 years. We have reached a point in South Africa where a lot of money and investments must be used so that we can replace all the old pipes, including the old technologies. 
And we will have to do that, Chairperson, because the people who used to have water yesterday, they don't have water now because there are interruptions. The system is failing. Whether you go to Maluti, water is running in the streets. Whether you go to Velkom, whether you go to the Val, the biggest problem is not about deploying young people to go and fix the leak. The problem is that infrastructure has reached the end of its lifespan. And that is one of the biggest issues that South Africa must undertake, despite investment in new infrastructure and uh, also in infrastructure for, for the economy. Chairperson, we will have to be able to indicate to you that while we are speaking about leaks, there is a new phenomenon raised by yourselves. The issues of vandalizing and issues of the attacks on critical infrastructure, whether is it water, whether is it electricity. And this is one of the massive challenges we face. That problem is not only a security matter. In the first instance, you go to all the formerly mining towns, whether in the Val, whether you go down to Velcom and other areas. Illegal miners are actually causing most of the damage where they wanted to use the sewer water so that they can be able to actually try to extract the gold that is remaining. Government has put a team, already is working in Machabeng with the provincial government of Free State. And that team is led by Minister Mtunu, Minister Mantashe from uh, Minerals, Resources and Energy because all the illegal miners, we are of the view now that we need to formalize the mining so if communities from those particular towns, they can still benefit because the mining houses, they were able to take all those high-grade minerals. There's still low-grade minerals that could actually be, be in a position to be mined. Money can be able to go back to the fiscal through the revenue services. There is that particular team, but the team also includes police. It includes police because there's a criminal element. Some of these people who are vandalizing and interfering with our infrastructure, they are highly, highly um, armed with high caliber ammunition. In one instance, in one province, in one mine, you had more than 11,000 people that were actually commodating there, which is the biggest business. But if we formalize, we'll finalize the master plan for that particular area and government is going to be going to that particular areas. But that matter must also be started to be solved by certain issues around trading, where people are stealing copper, but also people are also stealing ferrous and non-ferrous materials. And some of these things, they are able to convert copper here in South Africa and put it into another product and start to export it. I also do agree that Communities must also play their part. But also some of these incidents of vandalizing of infrastructure, theft, that it's happening, is because some of the employees who are working in the state, they don't have integrity. They are actually are the same people who are actually exposing our infrastructure to these people, especially those who are uh, using for economic opportunities like tinkering business. The example Comrade Mamtipo is saying is where a tanker knows that if the pipeline is working, 
the internal people uh, chair will tell them where the valves are. They start interfering with the valves. And at the very same time, they are also stealing all those pump stations so that the tracking business where some politicians and some officials are involved is one of the biggest problems. But in summary, chair, we'll want to come back at a particular point in time and share with you what is our overall and comprehensive strategy that is a social component where society must be involved, but as a technical component around the solution and the kind of technology of the infrastructure we deploy. So it cannot be actually be available for people who want to steal. But then there's a security component where we need to run operations, prosecute these people, and send a message that criminality doesn't pay. This will also include the element chair of a new phenomenon. When government wants to empower locals, especially the 30% set aside for local empowerment, there's been an emergency of rogue elements and criminals and mafias that are mutating from a cash in transit and so forth. And these are the people who are starting demanding and stopping projects. Many projects are not finishing on time and we lose some of those issues. And I think uh, with your input, we should be in a position to look at that particular issue. The issue around the, the stealing of water. The stealing of water of illegal connection, but there's also stealing of water by users, especially where people, they do illegal dams. These are the people who are selfish. They forget one principle, chair that those who are living upstream, they must think about those people who are living downstream. Because those people who are living downstream, you can't stop the water upstream because the water must flow, both for environment for, and for other people that are there. They are interfering. And our compliance monitoring, we're working very hard, but we also want society to report these issues of illegal dams, the issues of stealing of water, but to the point raised by Honorable Peters, there is also the issues of accuracy of the billing system, and most of the systems are not actually working. The issue of water licensing and the support to resource poor farmers is an important issue. There is a relationship now with the Department of Rural Development, Land, Land Affairs and Agriculture. The Deputy President Chair is chairing a committee around issues of land reform. We are party to that, chair. One of the problems we face is that um, emerging farmers or black farmers have not been in a position when they get the land uh, to have water. Recently, I want to bring to your attention, Chairperson, that uh, the issues of transfer, you know this transfer of water use license from one owner to the other, there's one of the highest courts now have made a ruling against the department because the department for transformation reasons we were of the view that we don't want to permit water transfer or water use license transfer we are studying this legal uh, uh, this uh, judgment other people are, are saying that we must not appeal this judgment but our legal teams, they will advise us shortly because if we don't actually act on this, 
all our efforts of land reform, whether it's expropriation without compensation, you will have land, but you will not have water. And there's no way that we will not be in a position to intervene on that particular area. But uh, it's an area that uh, will keep you uh, uh, informed, including the issues of processing licenses on time. But our message is that um, the issues of transformation is a constitutional injunction around redressing the injustices of the past. There are some few projects, Chair, that we have raised. The Val River intervention, including the roll-off. Your Excellency, Sheng, well, um, there's been some difficulties about how government has been intervening in the Val. The problem in the Val has started as early as 2005. It started at that time. One of the issues that has happened in the Val is that the communities there, the population has grown, the economy has grown. There was a lot of uh, pressure on the infrastructure. Hence, that intervention had to, re- to resolve the issues of upgrade of the infrastructure. There was also the defense that was deployed. There was also ERVAD that was deployed. Ultimately, we've actually used the provision in the Water Services Act, Section 63, we have taken over as the department the management or the management function of water services in that municipality and uh, we could only do that because there was a, a, an invoking of section 139 by the province because you can't do section 139 with section 63 of the water services act without a one section uh, section 139 chairperson we want to report to you that VAL intervention is the biggest, uh, uh, it has been supported at the highest level. The deputy president is convening meetings in the main that involve the province of Pumalanga because the pollution starts in Pumalanga. And then the pollution is also contributed by Gauteng, which is the epicenter. And then the pollution is also contributed by Free State, uh, Comrade Kai, so your, your province. And then we are also polluting Northern Cape. Northern Cape, our pollution of the Val is impacting on our international relations and cooperation. We are polluting Namibia. There was a visit to the Northern Cape, to Free State and all these other areas. We have developed a plan to know all who are the polluters, whether business or municipalities around the Val, we are actually busy with that uh, report right now. Secondly, we are also having a number of stakeholders that we are working with, whether environmentalists, remember even the Human Rights Commission has been here. They've produced a report and other people have taken us to court. We have now appointed Rainwater. And I can confirm now that Rainwater has the capacity. Secondly, Rainwater, for the first time, we are having people who know what needs to be done to stop the pollution. Rainwater is there to do two things, Your Excellencies. One is to stop the sewer in people's houses and the streets. There is nothing that is so unbearable to make our people to live in inhuman conditions. Even in the still of the night, even when your windows are closed, when you drive around the van, 
those people cannot escape the smell of the human excrete. And this is one of the things that we are very ashamed as government, that we have subjected our people to those conditions. Secondly, rainwater mandate is to stop wastewater that is not treated getting into the van. The money that you see right now and the rollover that will be asking for is to ensure that rainwater does that. Rainwater has produced a detailed implementation plan and I can say without any fear or favor, I could hear Shenga, you say scientists must do their job. I'm a retired scientist now. But uh, when I looked at the plan... I, I, I know, I know, DM. <laughs> That's why I'm listening attentively. <laughs> now I know you are saying a message. You, you young brother, you can't allow this thing when you know what must be done. I got the message, Shen. For the first time, they know what needs to be done. And I can assure you, they will stop the problem. And I must repeat, the problem is to stop sewer in people's homes, in their streets, and in, in the, into the valve system. The minister and the premier of Houding have now appointed Deputy Minister Mashlobo. They have appointed MEC Mayile as the principals that are coordinating and sharing a steering committee of stakeholders. That includes all the municipalities in the Val, but it includes environmentalists, community organization, and everybody there, including the Human Rights Commission. We have shared the plan, that plan including the implementation because rainwater is already on the ground. Water will commit, Chair, the acting chair, and now a chair, is that uh, I will ask uh, Fundagubi that you as honorable members, you need to be given this plan. It's a very detailed plan, including the gun chart and the budget and the jobs that are going to be created. But one thing that we shouldn't fail is to fail the people of the Val since 2005, being subjected to those inhumane conditions. I thought I should be able to go to that detailed chair because it's a matter that... um, we should be able to say it must be resolved once and for all because nobody must live in those conditions. We do agree that polluters must pay. Municipalities are polluting because wastewater treatment works all over the country, more than 800 of them. They are not in good conditions. We'll be able now, Chair, to conclude the issue of the waste discharge charge system to charge those who are polluting and put a price on those issues. The other issues that I will speak to is Amanskral. Amanskral, firstly, the municipality of Tswane, after to and fro, they were denying that there is pollution there. But ultimately, I went on site, Human Rights Commission, and all of us were able to prove that the water that is coming from timber treatment works because of the Roy Val was not in good condition. But we want to report that Swane has already put some people on the ground. They are fixing the problem. And there's a detailed plan that they've submitted to the department and we're looking at that particular issue. Subsequent to that, uh, uh, your chairperson, 
the Human Rights Commission has produced a report just on the eve of the elections. Premier Makura and, and Minister Mtunu, they received the report and a number of recommendations or injunctions that the Human Rights Commission said we must do. We are looking at the report, but on record, we don't have any intentions as a department to disobey the Human Rights Commission around the recommendation they've made. Currently, the department is looking at that plan. We are pleased to report that after the minister intervened with the mayor there, the people of Hamaskarali, they continue to receive water from one, there's a system coming from Mahalis, there's a system that is also coming from rainwater, and the system from Tswane itself. But that solution of providing water through tankering and other means is not a sustainable solution. We want a long-term solution where those citizens, they will receive water through their own taps. We must also be in a position, Chairperson, to admit that in the meantime, we have spoken to our teams and the municipality that there is a need of a pipeline that will go through the system that will breach and not go through that waste through the timber plant so that those people of Amanskran cannot continue to be subjected in using that water, including the pollution that has happened. On the issue that has been raised by uh, uh, the other honorable member here, uh, uh, I, I don't see my notes, but I, rep- I remember the matter of Lodia. Uh, uh, honorable, uh, I think it's Comrade Matafane. We must firstly, on behalf of the department, convey our sincere apologies about the incident that you encountered. No official in the department or in the entities reporting to the minister should never and ever treat our people in an inconsiderate way and a disrespectful way. Whether we are a public representative or we are just an ordinary citizen, our officials are expected at all the time to provide accurate information to all citizens without any prejudice, but more importantly, within the Batupile principle. That incident is regretted. But we must repeat, every time there's a problem, our ministry intervenes. We have intervened in Amanskral as a ministry in totality led by Minister Mtunu. We did intervene in Lodiam with the minister and the premier in the municipality. One of the problems in Lodiam was the issues of reservoirs that were very low, and the, the matter was attended after about a few days, which is regrettable. But at this stage, for the long-term solution around Lodiam, we have indicated that there is a need, there is a pipeline, so that we can increase the capacity, so that people of Lodiam and other parts of Swane, they couldn't run out of water at a particular point. The other major project that has been raised, uh, this project, Shenge, what is this one? H-O-Zini, Andam Kanyagut. That one where the, the discussion in the province of Zulu, Zulu Natal, 
we can confirm now that one of the problems we have is how government synchronizes its planning and implementation. The Department of Water and Sanitation through Umsatuza Water, we've been able to build the bulk infrastructure, including the reservoirs, Chair. And water is available in the reservoirs. But Umkanyagute has never been ready and diverting the resources that are required to start to do reticulation. So the people of Umkanyagute and all those around that particular dam, they can have access to water. We've actually deployed a team of experts led by 18 DTG of infrastructure more. We do have a plan now sharing for Umkanyagut. And we should be able to intervene because ultimately, even if municipalities are responsible, but the custodian of water and sanitation in South Africa remains Minister Mtun, who will support municipalities. But where municipalities, they can't do what they're supposed to do, will never shy away within the constitutional obligation and the laws of our country, that while they are fighting, we're able to bypass them while they're resolving their own internal problems and ensure that no South African is left behind without what. We'll be able just to share that plan with you and the other committee members. Uh, Deputy Minister, I'm just afraid my time has run out. Uh, we're supposed to end our discussion at 11. So can you wrap up the last few things? Maybe the other ones, we can give the information in writing about Balha Mahara. There is an intervention. In Guyane, we've been there. We can indicate to Chairperson that in Guyane, the work is progressing now because people were stopping because the traditional leaders were shortchanged by the department on the basis of relocation. They, they were not paid for more than 22 years. Uh, those people were recycled. We've opened up that matter and there is an acceleration plan. But maybe let me use this way, Chair, that on all the key projects that we have supported to bring water to our people, whether in terms of bulk infrastructure, all sanitation services. We should be able to provide the report, including the eradication of the bucket system. I think, Chair, I've dealt with all the key issues that uh, needed to be responded to politically. Even your issue of Kronstadt, I'm the one who's responsible for Kronstadt in resolving the problem. The water is flowing now. By 15 December, Comrade Kaiso, you can visit them. They will have stopped the sewer from getting into that uh, Val River at that particular point, including areas of Malut. Maybe I can just ask you for two minutes on some of the issues around the finances that CFO can just come in, then we can wrap it up, Chet. Thank you. Okay. Uh, honorable members, uh, like I've said, we've, we've got a slot up to here now with the department, but I can still uh, allow a few minutes if there's anything that the officials have forgotten to raise uh, before we uh, uh, put them off they can do so maybe the CFO just the slides uh, the excellences that we're raising about few issues around those finances it's an important issue especially for this special committee okay uh, thank you 
Chairperson, uh, DM, thank you very much. Yes, the slides that was referred to about the correlation between the understanding as well as the um, the cost that could not be touched or uh, taken to your, your capital projects. The cost that we are mentioning there relates to the construction unit of the department. Just switch, switch on your video, Mr. Mwase. Uh, okay. My apologies, Chairperson. Uh, yeah, I was indicating that the cost that could not be capitalized relates to uh, the construction unit of the department. And the construction unit of the department is within the water resource management of the department and not um, water services. So there isn't any direct uh, correlation. But as uh, GM has indicated, we can expand on those uh, responses as uh, the member has uh, re requested. But that is the uh, response on the tables that uh, were referred to on uh, under expenditure. And there's also a question around the impact of the under expenditure. I think that one is covered within the non-financial information that we have um, reported that as a result of non uh, under expenditure, definitely there are some of the projects which are delayed and it is also having an impact uh, on the service delivery. So what we'll do, Chairperson, also on the financial recovery plan, uh, I'm sure we'll provide that information. As uh, Deputy Minister Mashova has indicated, there are a number of uh, requests that were made, so we'll also include them in the written submission to the committee. Thanks. Chairperson, last week, we are going to share a lot of these reports, especially because uh, we are doing an important point. We are always on the side of citizens that more money must be given, but we must account, but we must implement the projects on time. All these key projects we have spoken about will find a way to send the detailed uh, reports to the members of the committee. Even when you do your constituency work, you do have some answers yourself to say, the money that you support, where does it go to? And we will even include the coordinates, uh, uh, Comrade Chair, so that even when you, you travel around the country, you can see, you can just go and Google and see whether that money is on the ground or we have stolen that particular man. I'll stop there, Chairperson. Chairperson? Yes, uh, who's that? Honorable Mshala, we did not get a response with regards to the loans from Development Bank of Southern Africa for infrastructure. I thought the CFO is going to respond on that, but I see he's not. Honorable Mashobo, Deputy Minister, thank you. Okay. Well, well, the chairperson, uh, uh, Comrade Faitam Sala, was stopped because of time. But just to indicate that uh, we are working with all institutions, the, the state within the fiscal is unable to fund all those uh, backlogs around infrastructure investment for, for both domestic and also for economic development. That's why we do have Infrastructure SA. We're also working with DBSA, with all other uh, finance institutions, including other governments. But we'll all be subjected to Treasury regulation and the Constitution immediately we get those particular loans. And uh, in the main, we're also using our own TCTA to handle these issues. 
wherever there is a project that will actually get funding through loan, whether here domestically or internationally, from time to time we'll disclose that check. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Deputy Minister. And, uh, and, and let me put this point on, on, on the eradication of uh, bucket toilets. Uh, it should still remain high on the agenda of the department. Uh, I would appreciate if there could be a very, you know, a, a serious progress around this matter when we meet again. And hopefully these other um, uh, areas that were, we, we could not get a response, they will be written down. It's, feel free to uh, we'll feel, ask the department also to feel free to communicate to us in other areas that we might have not covered, that might not have been covered in terms of the responses to the committee. We appreciate that because we know that uh, with these matters, uh, we're so passionate about uh, the issue of water. We can take the whole day uh, trying to explore all the areas around the issue of water, but we appreciate what the department has done to appear before this committee and make this presentation so that we know how to uh, how to move forward uh, based on the information that w- w- and the responses that we have received so even uh, in future when we say we convene we know the minister and the deputy minister uh, will come and respond so I want to thank you very much uh, as i release you uh, to your different tasks, and thank you very much for coming. Thank you. Long live the chair, acting chair. Thank you, chair. Thank you so. Thank you so much, DM and your team. No, I will phone. I will phone elder brother. Ne? Sharp, sharp. Okay. So, honourable chair, uh, I think the next department that you are going to call on. Uh, is the Department of Transport of I please continue uh, think that the the department is ready uh, around they can now you are welcome uh, members officials from the department and the minister uh, to the, to appear before this committee so that you can take us through we're going to allocate you uh, around uh, 40 minutes uh, so that the presentation is being made and thereafter there will be an interaction with your presentation. Uh, so I'm going to call upon the DG as I think you are leading the department, I mean the, uh, the minister. Uh, hopefully the minister is around so that I, I give him if he wants to make a uh, remark before the presentation. Uh, yeah, we are free to do so. Morning, uh, good morning, uh, Chairperson, um, honourable members of the committee. Oh, sorry. Yes, morning. You, you, you are welcome. Sorry, I think there's an, a network issue, but I think we'll navigate through that. Uh, thank you very much, uh, honourable Chairperson. Uh, of the committee, uh, the, uh, I, I heard you are the acting chair of the committee. Thank you very much. Uh, also, greetings to the substantive chairperson uh, of the committee. 
thank you very much for that. I think uh, uh, we are the Department of Transport. We just want to render a few apologies if they were not recorded with the Secretariat of the Committee. What we would do, we want to attend an apology from uh, Minister Mbalula, who is the Minister of Transport, uh, who is traveling is abroad. Uh, also with the acting DG, Madia. I remember the DG uh, Muemi's contract has ended last month, so we are having an acting DG, and the process of filling the position is underway. So uh, uh, my name is uh, Chris Sabisa, uh, DDG Road Transport in the Department of Transport. I also wanted to tender the apology for the Deputy Minister, uh, Mechipunga, who is having a bereavement at home. So she's, Mr. that's why she's Mr. not here. Yes. Sorry, sorry Mr. Tavisa. Yes. Uh, if you are giving me... Um, oh. uh, can you... Yeah. Yes. Okay. But let me I move around. Let me move around. Let me move Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. I think I was just uh, saying the apologies uh, on behalf of the leadership of the Department of Transport uh, from Minister and Deputy Minister and the Acting DG. Uh, Madia, who's traveling with the minister abroad. Uh, however, we are here uh, with full force in response to the request uh, from the committee scorer to come and present. We have prepared accordingly, according to the agenda, which you, you submitted to us. We even went further to include the information that uh, you said is a possible uh, issue that the committee would need uh, from public transport issues and also from rail, uh, your space. We have done that. Uh, we are also having a, a, a discussion that are going to be uh, forwarded to yourself. I want to say that uh, the people that are going to be taking turns, uh, and uh, uh, I'm leading the committee today, that I'm in the department today as an acting DG on behalf of the acting DG. So that is what we are doing today. So I would therefore ask uh, my colleagues to do the presentation in this order. I will start with the CFO, Mr. Matala, who is on the platform. And then after that, I will request that on the issues of public transport, I will request my colleague, uh, Kibi Manana, who is heading that unit in the public transport in the department. And after that, I would uh, also ask Makai Pia, who is now the new DDG uh, for Ray, that is going to be assisting us uh, with the presentation as a follow-up question that was submitted to us uh, yesterday, last night. So on the issue, let me just say to uh, this up front, the issue of uh, the Sanral and the GFIP. Uh, I asked Sanral colleagues, they are having a board meeting today. I did relay a message to the chairperson of the board and also the engineering executive uh, to give us a, a detailed information as per the request uh, from SCOA so that we, 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 can, we, we can respond accurately to what uh, the Committee of Parliament has requested us to do. For that reason, we would uh, uh, request uh, the indulgence of the committee for a seven-day period report, a report back on that matter, because uh, once the board uh, of Sunrun has concluded on the matter with what I requested them to do, 
they will finish us with a full report. Then we'll submit uh, to the committee accordingly. But other than that, I would request that my colleagues uh, take turns uh, in responding uh, in responding as per the agenda that was submitted to ourselves. So I would request, therefore, uh, 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 you know, my colleague, firstly, the CFO, to take us through the presentation he will share us immediately after that, depending on the uh, chairperson's guidance, whether we go to the next presentation from public transport unit, as well as followed by, uh, you, know, the, you know, the rail space. I would be guided by the, the chairperson whether we need to uh, present, stop, and present and stop, and then the last batch, uh, and then we present and stop. Or else we do the whole presentation and they make no, uh, you know, the honorable members make notes, we'll be guided by you, chairperson. But other than that, I would request my colleague, uh, Mokoto Matala, who is the CFO of the Department of Transport, to please take us through the presentation as, pre as, 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 as prepared. Thank you. Yes, I will give you 40 minutes to do all. Um, oh, thank you very much, Honorable Chair. We will do that. I will request, therefore, my colleagues, uh, Makoto Matala first. He will be followed by Kibi Manana on the public transport space, and then he will be followed by Ngwako uh, Makaipi on the, on the rail space, and then we'll end there. The other one, Chairperson, uh, I will humbly request that we defer the, the cluster one until we get the, the feedback from the board, which is sitting right now. Then we'll synthesize that uh, accurately and then we we'll send to the committee accordingly. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, my colleague, uh, CFO, we are on the floor. Thank you. Uh, good morning, uh, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members. Uh, as indicated, I'm Makoto Matala, the CFO of the Department of Transport. We are here to present uh, to the committee uh, the about the adjustment uh, that were done on the budget of the Department of Transport. Uh, this presentation will start with the purpose, then we'll go straight into dealing with the issue that was, was raised about public transport network grant for the My City uh, rapid bus transport in Cape Town. Then we'll touch on the issue of the increase to the South African National Road Agency Limited for the amount that they requested uh, due to the uh, unrest of July. And then we'll quickly then go to the summary of financial and non-financial performance information. And as the acting DG indicated, then we will give our colleagues to give uh, the further information that was requested uh, 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 yesterday. The purpose of the presentation is to provide the committee with information on adjustment to the appropriation bill and will also give a summary of the second quarter uh, financial and non-financial performance for the financial year 2021 and 2022. In, in regards to the undeclared spending on the public transport network grant, uh, Honorable Chair and Members, in 2017, the City of Cape Town applied for additional funding through the Budget Facility for Infrastructure, which is called a BFI. This was to fast track the rollout of, of the Phase 2A in the Metro Southeast of Claremont-Weinberg Corridor. 
the city's application was approved and the amount allocated for that project was 7.1 billion. This allocation was to be apportioned to the city of Cape Town in trenches for not more than 10 years. And as the project went along, the spending for the phase two has been running behind schedule and the city of Cape Town, and they requested a rescheduling of the funds that were allocated for from the uh, budget of budget facility of infrastructure. And this resulted in a 1.34 billion reduction of the cash flow. Therefore, this was to be effected in the 2021-2022 public transport network grant allocation of the city of Cape Town. This was for, for the new uh, for the new amount to align with the funding to the revised implementation plan of, of phase 2A of the My City Bus Rapid Transport System. However, this rescheduling could, not, could only be effected after the, re, the division of revenue was approved, as it was already under consideration by Parliament. As such, the reduction was only to correct the publication error in the division of revenue, Chairperson. I just want to go back uh, to this slide. Sorry, Chairperson, thank you. Then as I proceed with the public transport network grant in 2018 and 19, the city presented its revised cash flow model and plans it had put in place to ensure that going forward, there are no further delays caused by supply chain management processes and review their multi-year financial and MIFIN plan and underspending. The National Treasury, in consultation with the Department of Transport, approved the revised cash flow. The, the, the plans that were put in place were to ensure that the project is delivered as scheduled without any further delays. Noting that the infrastructure projects are likely to go beyond the MTF, National Treasury confirmed that the budget facility of infrastructure funding as approved will be allocated to the city of Cape Town beyond the medium term expenditure framework subject to the annual availability of funds as per the Appropriation Act. And it was also indicated that, that there will be no, there will not be any service delivery implication as the declared unspent funds was effected to the 2021-22 public transport network grant allocation of the city of Cape Town. Then was, this was to align the funding to the revised implementation plan of the bus rapid transit. Then, Chairperson, I want to now deal with the issue raised on the South African, on Sunral. This was in relation to the increase of the transfer to Sunral of 62.6 million. And this, uh, the motivation was uh, uh, given as follows that there was a 50.5 million 
due to the civil unrest between 12 and 18 July and associated road closures severely impacted uh, traffic volumes, which resulted in some loss of toll revenue on the affected roads. The revenue loss was calculated by comparing uh, income for a typical normal week with the actual tariff during the week of the unrest for the affected route. There's a slide that follows with graphs which indicate how the income was affected uh, and, and how the loss was uh, calculated to make sure that we can uh, be able to motivate for the increase to recover the loss. And a further amount of 12.1 million, which was also due to the civil unrest, this was associated to the damage to the toll plazas, the national rules damage to the road surface, the signs, the guardrails, and additional private sector security required to safeguard facilities against further damage on the affected routes. Uh, there is a table in the following slide, which I'll show to the members, which indicate and details where the amount of 12.1 million is arrived about. The civil unrest does resulted in an unforeseen loss on the toll income with associated unforeseen, which res resulted in unforeseen expenditure to repair the damages caused. This placed additional pressure on central toll road portfolio. The following slides are just a graphical overview of the effect on the of the revenue. As you can see that in the normal week, the revenues were so much and it's all of, all, all, of, all of the graph are moving to the negatives and this are your indication. And this is the slide where we are indicating the damage to the roots and how much it will cost to repair those particular damages or of the guardrails and all the issues uh, indicated. Then, Chairperson, you can allow me now to move to the uh, uh, financial and non-financial report quickly, where we indicate that the department at the end of the second quarter spent 29 billion to date at the reporting date, which is 44% of the total available budget of 66.7 billion. And this is against the benchmark expenditure of 31.9 billion for the first six months of the year, which indicate an underspending of a 2.8 billion. The underspending, uh, honorable members, is as a result of compensation of employee due to the slow filling of vacant posts. And we also have underspending on the goods and services due to the following project, the suspension of payment of office accommodation pending the finalization of the dispute between the Department of Transport as well as the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure. Secondly, is the programming development of for the Sampasong project. And furthermore, the International Maritime Organization World Time event, which was not uh, hosted, the development of the road disaster management plan, then the development of road asset management tool, public transport, grant monitoring, as well as, as other operational costs. 
and these savings uh, funds were shifted to non-spending projects on on operational costs such as travel subs and subsistence to fund other uh, areas such as hardware refresh and bulk laptop buying. Chairperson and members, we also have an underspending on the on the transfers and subsidies, and mainly this uh, underspending is for the Prasa. Uh, transfers which was withheld due to the non-compliance with the condition as per the estimate of national expenditure of 2021 allocation. We have also an understanding on the road traffic infringement agency for the ARTO rollout for the funds and the OR Tampo district municipality for the rural road asset management fund has been stopped in terms of the Section 216 of the Constitution. Uh, but just to highlight to the committee that the department does not anticipate any under or overspending on transfer and subsidies by the financial year because some measures have been put in place and consultation with the affected recipient uh, or, or receiving officers have taken place. For example, we know that the transfer for uh, maintenance at Praza have only been done now in, in early November, Chairperson and members. Now I want to just show this uh, table, which will just explain and give uh, an indication per, per program as to how the spending was done, uh, uh, Chairperson. You can see that administration, which is program one, had an underspending of uh, 73 million, program through to 8.7 million, program three, where we talked about rail, 2.5 billion, road transport, 36 million, civil aviation, 35, maritime, 23, and public transport, 187. And this uh, ties back to what I indicated in the first slide, Chairperson. Uh, and then if I just go and give a little bit explanation per branch or per program is that in administration, we indicated that there is 73 million, which is mainly compensation of employee. And secondly, on goods and services due to the non-payment of the office accommodation and savings on advertising for events and also, the uh, other saving is on subsistence and traveling due to less uh, traveling as uh, the COVID restriction have promoted uh, visual meetings and so on. We also have uh, shifted 22.8 million has been shifted from this program to fund a request for the transport system and automation tools for the information technology audits. Funds were shifted across program from items such as travel and subsistence, venues and facilities to various projects that were put on hold as savings were realized under uh, machinery and equipment. On program two, ITP, the saving was 8.8 .8 million and mainly it was on the following also compensation of employee goods and services, uh, mainly as internal capacity was utilized for the following projects. So instead of hiring consultant, internal 
officials were able to do the regional integration strategy. They were also were able to do the regional transport integration market strategy and the district uh, development model. Also, they were saving that were realized on travel and subsistence due to less traveling. It, from this program, 3.3 million have been reprioritized from projects such as the regional quality project and travel and subsistence in order to augment shortfalls across the department. If I proceed to the rail transport, there, as indicated in, my in, in the previous slide, the program underspent by 2.5 billion and transfer and subsidies. This is due to the funds which held for PRASA as a result of non-compliance with the condition. After deliberation between the department and the entity was able to meet the condition requested. And it, it is, was, uh, as I indicated, the funds were transferred in November. Goods and services were due to delays in the establishment of the rail economic regulator and the national rail bill project. In this program, 18.1 million has been shifted to this program to fund the creation of concessioning authority whereby the private sector will be invest, invited to invest in the passenger rail project. And, how, and another project is the, for the housing development agency to be appointed to manage the establishment of a temporary residential area and re resettlement of households who were residing in the Prasa Railway Reserve in the city of Cape Town. In program four, the road transport, here the saving of 36 million was also caused by the compensation of employees as well as the goods and services. For goods and services is for projects like the development of the road disaster management plan, the development of road asset management tool, as well as the program development for Sahamba Songke. On transfers and, and subsidies in this branch, it was uh, for the ARTO implementation and rollout. Uh, You are cut, Mr. Matala. I'm sure he's, he's having uh, network challenges. <clears throat> I, I think so, Chairperson. I'm just calling him on the side. Uh, we have a slight, like very unstable network here today. I'm not too sure why here in Pretoria. So I, I'm just calling him from the side. Yeah, thank you, Chair. Okay. The person can't move to the next person. At least we try to uh, chase time. I'm looking at now, and now it's 11.32. 
Yes, I want to, uh, to say to Mr. Shabisha, can't you make uh, other arrangements so that uh, the presentation is being continued? Thank you, Chairperson. I think uh, I just wanted to check with my colleague, uh, uh, Kibimanana Onwako, please to, uh, to share your screen, uh, your presentation on the screen. While uh, Makoto Matala is still trying to reconnect, he's having a problem, he's trying to reconnect right now. So I don't know who's now going to be able to reconnect, to connect quickly, uh, Mwako or Kibi. Thank you. Um. Morning, DG. Morning, uh, honorable members. It's Kibi Manana. I can connect. I just need um, to be enabled to share the presentation. Okay, thank you. Um, good morning, um, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members. Um, as I said, it's Kibi Manana. Um, I'll be responding. There were some follow-up questions um, that are related to public transport. Uh, so I'll be, um, let me just check. Can you see the presentation, Honorable Chair? Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, let me move to the next um, slide, okay. So there was a question um, asked, um, and the question was how many times have the cash flow projections related to the grant been revised? Um, and our response is we haven't really revised any to date on the grant itself. Um, I think um, as, as the CFO indicated, uh, the drawing of 2.2 billion um, has been paid to date as per the approved payment schedule, and um, and that we the declared amount of 1.34 billion from the city of Cape Town was actually a correction um, that that had to be done uh, in the Division of Revenue publication. Um, so that money effectively they came to us, the city came to us and indicated that um, they were not due to, they were not supposed to be receiving that money in 2021-22. So we then raised it um, with National Treasury. And um, then it was, I think in declaring it, it had to be declared unspent because they were not going to spend it in 2021-22. Then the second question was, which other municipalities are failing or experiencing significant delays in implementing integrated public transport networks? Um, currently, we have our responses as follows. We have four municipalities that are delayed in launching operations. Bulukwan uh, is the first one. Um, we must just indicate that most of these municipalities are spending their infrastructure component um, you find that um, the part that they're not spending on as yet is the operations component of the grant, because that can be spent, can only be spent as soon as they launch. So Bulukwani to date since October, they've been running services. We call it a soft launch as they are testing to make sure that 
all the different work streams are working properly before they then launch officially. Uh, they have indicated, we met with them on Friday, and they indicated that they will be launching officially in January next year. Mangaung as well, we met with them on Friday. They also are busy just signing off uh, on a few work streams like your ticketing. They've just experienced delays, delays there, but they also are intending to launch in December, a soft launch in December, between December and January to test operations and then officially launch in January uh, next year. And then the third municipality is Rustenbeck. Rustenbeck just recently finalized their compensation offer in the negotiations with the taxi industry. Um, that took time because um, they, the city was offering a certain amount and the industry was demanding a certain amount. So then the negotiations took time, uh, but they've now finalized uh, their negotiations and have indicated that they will also be uh, commencing on a soft launch between December and January and with the intention to officially launch their operations in February next year. Etequini is delayed as well uh, due to um, largely the uh, procurement of their technical advisor who is supposed to support the taxi industry. Um, because one of the objectives of the IPTNs is to transform the industry or formalize them into uh, vehicle operating companies. And that process took time. The industry wanted a particular technical advisor to support them and, um, and supply chain management process were not allowing for that. Um, so they, that took time, but eventually they then managed to get a, a technical advisor. So that caused a, a huge delay in their processes. I must just indicate that actually they had planned to, they had invited the minister on the 28th of October to attend an event where they were going to officially then um, uh, announce the official launch of their process of, of, of their C3 corridor, but due to an agreement not being reached with the industry, um, that event had to be postponed. In general, um, what we're finding is delays in municipalities are largely due to supply chain management or procurement processes, staff turnover processes, lack of permanent technical skills within the municipality because there's an over-reliance on project management units. So you find that when the PMU contract is, is, is over, the, the municipality don't have um, internal capacity. So, but it's an issue that we are now um, addressing and we're trying to get municipalities to build internal capacity, basically set up structures that are within the municipal organizational structure and then populate those structures with, with people. The third question was, what oversight mechanism is the department putting in place to ensure that municipalities deliver on spending the infrastructure grant uh, to ensure local economic development? So we conduct bilateral meetings um, to basically oversee municipalities or monitor their spending and their performance. And uh, municipalities at the beginning of the year are always required to submit milestones uh, that are linked to the uh, transfer of the tranche. So if a particular milestone has not been achieved, we will then not 
uh, release the next tranche until that milestone is achieved. So we monitor them on a monthly and quarterly basis. Um, and then we also conduct by annual site visits, which, which is every six months, or uh, yeah, twice in a year. So and then the Division of Revenue Act also uh, requires municipalities to submit monthly expenditure reports, as well as quarterly and annual performance reports. So we use that to monitor them as well. And then lastly, if we see that there are delays, we then request the minister to intervene when necessary. Uh, in this instance, then the minister will have a, a, a meeting with the mayor, a bilateral meeting with the mayor um, to basically understand um, what the underperformance, what is behind the underperformance from that particular city. And we've done that a number of times um, with, with different municipalities. And the last question was around the taxi recapitalization program. The question was, there has been consistent underspending on the program. Has the department reviewed the program in light of the persistent low demand and whether we've consulted with the industry uh, to determine whether the program is still relevant or fit for purpose? We must just indicate that, that to date, the taxi recap program has uh, uh, scrapped close to about 77,000 old vehicles. And um, we've spent over 5 billion of support um, that's been provided to the industry. And as we all know, the industry transports 69% of public commuters and they don't receive any operational subsidy from government. So this form of, it's form of, it's, it's, this scrapping allowance is a form of a capital subsidy. Um, so for us, it is important that we continue to then uh, support the industry in this manner. And um, also to note is that the current program only allows vehicles that are older than 4th of September, 2006 to be uh, eligible for scrapping. And secondly, they must also have a valid operating license. And what we're finding is uh, mo most of the vehicles don't have operating, uh, a, a valid operating license. So then also that also contributes to the slow uptake. So you find that people are operating illegally. Um, but then the taxi industry has also then come to government and requested that we look at expanding the scope of the, the, the kind of vehicles that should be scrapped. Um, that now the new taxi vehicles that would have benefited from the scrapping allowance are now 15 years old, 15 years old. So we need to also then consider um, if they could also be included for, you know, almost like the second generation of taxis that should be scrapped. Um, so we, 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 we are looking into that. And then also from the Lokota, uh, from the Taxi Lokota uh, uh, Summit that was held last year, there were also proposals that we must look at uh, taxis that ferry um, scholars to schools and that we must also look at uh, long distance um, uh, vehicles uh, for scrapping. Um, so as a department, we, it's, it's, it's something that we're looking at uh, to see if they could be included as, as in the scrapping program. The department equally works quite closely with the, 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 the scrapping agency to continue marketing the scrapping program at a provincial level and municipalities so that so that operators um, are aware are made aware that 
they can uh, still come in and scrap. And the scrapping allowance is also increased on a yearly basis. Uh, but we're also looking into um, going back to cabinet to see if we could increase the quantum of, of, of the scrapping amount as well. So we believe as a department, even with the taxi industry, that the taxi recap program is still critical. It has got two pillars. The first one is to deal with unsafe vehicles. The second pillar is the transformation and empowerment of the industry through the formalization of these uh, operators into business units or, or, or companies or cooperatives. So this is one objective that currently as a department, we are working uh, quite uh, uh, hard to make sure that we achieve the formalization uh, of the industry. We're working quite closely with Santaco. They've already, um, like in Eastern Cape, they've already formalized um, taxi associations into cooperatives. And they've also then established at a provincial level, they've established a company in the Western Cape, they've already done that. So we're looking into making sure that across the whole country, um, we have uh, the industry formalized either into cooperatives or companies um, as, as they see fit. Um, I think that's it from my side. Thank you, Chairperson and honorable members. Very much, uh, Honourable Chairperson and members. Uh, I would request uh, my colleague Mwako to come in, and then I'll request the CFO. I see him is back now uh, on the platform, and I will request that Mwako take us through uh, the rail issues as was flagged, uh, you know, yesterday by the committee. Uh, I'll ask Mwako Makaipia to take us through that, and uh, immediately after that, I'll request that uh, CFO comes back and conclude his presentation. Thank you. In that order, please. Thank you. Uh, thanks, uh, Acting DG, and good afternoon to the Honorable Chair and the Honorable Members. Can I be allowed a, so that I'm able to share my screen? Thank you. I just want to find out, Chair, are you able to see my presentation? Yes, it's fine. It's fine. You can continue. Thank you very much. The presentation I'll be making, and uh, my apologies, let me introduce myself, Chair. My name is Nwaku Makaipia. I'm the DDG uh, Rail Transport in the Department of Transport. Uh, the presentation I'll be putting is include additional issues which have been raised uh, uh, by the department to be able to, to clarify on those. And key to those issues that have been alluded in terms of rail transport chair, they include us to uh, elucidate in terms of the issues of allocation conditions of PRASA in terms of the issue of non-compliance. And secondly, concerns around the metro rail recovery in terms of its services. And lastly, what are the security interventions in terms of making sure that the vandalized information uh, uh, infrastructure is taken care of? So the presentation will, will deal with those, those particular issues. With regard to the uh, medium-term expenditure allocations, Chair, when PRASA, uh, the, the department received a letter from National Treasury in terms of the allocation condition, they were a condition that were attached towards the transfers 
and the and the ENE, which basically included five conditions uh, by Brasa, and the coming slides will uh, include the detailed in terms of that. But just to summarize at the high level, chairperson, and we'll be able to share the additional information that we have given was that Prasa must submit on condition one, the monthly projected capital and operational expenditure uh, to the national treasury and the department of transport by the 28th of February. And then you'll see in terms of my slides, I have the requirement, which is a condition one. I then have the target date of where, when is it supposed to be uh, uh, submitted and the various quarterly dates in which compliance are supposed to. And on the other side, in terms of our analysis, I'm uh, putting a color coding in terms of the, the red and the, and the blue, which then covers uh, the issues around uh, at what level is that compliance. So the, the first condition uh, is, 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 is that one, and, and there was compliance to that condition. And the second condition chair, which is on the next slide, uh, was to for this it obviously there is applicable to the quarterly report that's a, a process is supposed to be able to submit and it therefore uh, uh, says the report it, in terms of the detail I'm giving uh, that it must be able to cover the breakdown of the monthly figures which include both the revenue and expenditure in terms of both the capital and operation and obviously it must be able to cover the business units in terms of split in terms of metro rate and mainland passenger service inclusive of Prasa corporate. And in, in that element, to even break it down in terms of various uh, relevant uh, regions where it's supposed to. And lastly, is therefore the quarterly uh, dates in where compliance needs to happen, which basically happens after uh, each, and every, each and every quarter. And the third condition, Chair, was the condition in terms of the Costed recovery of metro rail services, including how are we doing in terms of collecting of the fair revenue and the capital expenditure in that regard, and which is one of the issues that we you have raised as part of the matter's concern. And just to then say, Chair, this is one of their core pillars, which process presented in terms of their corporate plan on the recovery of the 10 top corridors, and that has been uh, presented to to, to, to cabinet in that regard. And what is critical to be able to mention is that in our quest to be able to do our oversight in terms of the part of the process that in terms of this uh, a, a condition is that if the conditions are not met, uh, no quarterly tranches are supposed to be released in terms of the entity. And hence the underspending that the CFO has, be, has alluded to it was basically on us making sure that the conditions of treasury uh, set by treasury as part of the ENE conditions are set, and we don't find ourselves wanting in terms of compliance to the uh, uh, PFMA. With, and, and that was complied in terms of the green color that we see on the side. And the fourth condition, uh, Chair and Honorable Members, it was with regard to the Rolling Stone uh, Fleet Program, which is uh, known as the new uh, new uh, blue trains called Istibela Sabantu, which, which is a, a program that is trying to increase capacity in the country with the setup of the uh, uh, the factory in, in Dinota, where we are really 
uh, uh, trying to deal with the elements of the of making sure that we build capacity in the country and the the, 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 the factory together with 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 the with all associated elements was was launched uh, some years back by uh, the previous minister of transport which is the honorable medipur peters and therefore the condition therefore put the relevant compliance me- measures in terms of how we need to deal with that and as such of, of, of that conditions we have set up a steering committee which is chaired by the department of transport with treasury being a key member of that steering committee to be able to look at the compliance condition because when the contract was signed, there was a gazette made by the Minister of Transport uh, of Treasury in terms of the allocation of what we supposed to be spent in terms of the, 20, the 2014 uh, prizes. And DTI sits in that particular steering committee because key to the implementation of that program is, that, is, is the issue of local uh, uh, content where we are able to then set up the rail industry internally to make sure that suppliers of those trains that are going to be done in the country are therefore part of the local content and it consists of 3,600 train set, which has been considered to be the biggest rolling stock order in the world and that has been complied to. And then the last condition, which is condition number five, Chair, was conditioned on the, on the main transfers, on the maintenance, that they were subjected to process submitting the full maintenance plan uh, uh, in, uh, to National Treasury and to the department, and inclusive of the technical support and space supply agreement, which is an agreement to make sure that this rolling stock that we therefore produce in the country is maintained correct in terms of the maintenance standard. And there's an element to that, and that was not complied to when we did our analysis uh, to, towards the, 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 the first quarter. That chair and honorable members are the condition at the high level to share with the committee members that when we did our first compliance meeting on the 31st of July, which was the report that was supported by, by quarter one, and to therefore say this condition at the same time they've been incorporated by the department as part of the shareholder compact. The department did receive 32 reports from PRASA, but in our analysis, those reports were not addressing all the compliance conditions as I've showed in terms of the elements we did had engagement with 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 the with Prasa in a number of meetings and just to share with, with with members of the committee that was part of the analysis that we have done in terms of the compliance of both conditions in terms of the detail and the reports that were attached both on one condition one two to condition uh, five and to therefore say to honorable members and the conference that through the engagement that we have had with the department and the template that we have put together, we are, we are pleased to announce that PRASA has since complied with the compliance condition with the reports that we have received on the third uh, quarter and the department has processed the outstanding uh, payment to PRASA uh, subsequently both on the 5th uh, and the 8th of November. And like in support of what the CFO has said, we have dealt with those particular elements and we have put systems in place to ensure compliance. The second elements, Chair and Honorable Members, is on the Metro Rail Recovery uh, Plan in terms of the issues that we we have, uh, have been highlighted. Uh, and, and I want to uh, uh, put it on record to the uh, uh, members that uh, they work on the recovery plan 
uh, in terms of priorities uh, uh, across all the regions that we uh, operate, namely in Gauteng, uh, uh, in, in KZN and, and Western Cape have commenced with a key emphasis on the two uh, presidential uh, projects, which is the Mabopane line, which we have earlier close to be able to make sure that we rebuild it and Cape Town and Kailicha. But to note that Gauteng uh, was extremely uh, vandalized based on the security challenges that we're having uh, together with, with Prasa. And what we'll then do, we'll ensure that we, we, we make sure that we, when I deal with the last part of the presentation, I'll reflect on some of the security intervention that we are dealing with to arrest that. These are the corridors that, be, that have been identified in terms of dealing with the uh, recovery of metro, uh, metro rail to ensure that the commuters are not spending uh, more money uh, in terms of the uh, going committing to work because we know this is one of the most uh, affordable mode of transport in terms of commuter choice. We therefore cover the in terms of the, what, what are the top uh, corridors to be refurbished, uh, what service type are we going to deal with, and some of the elements that have been uh, done in terms of those particular elements. And in Gauteng, we have Pinasport, uh, Pretoria, Laral Islands, Fontaine, Naledi Johannesburg, which is currently operational, Mawapani to Belaumbri, Solzville, Pretoria, Pretoria, Calfontaine, and, and, and Daviton and, and Jimmy State. And those are the dates where one, we want to start based on the infrastructure that has been stolen to run minimal service in terms of the easy traction. And secondly, when are we anticipating to, to run the, the EMUs? And in, 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 in Cape Town, we have the Simonstown, uh, uh, Cape Town Simonstown via Athlone, which is, which is one of the corridors and the Cape Town, uh, Kailicha on the central line. In Devon is Devon Lumlazi, and we have Dal, Dal, uh, Dal Ridge in Devon, which is the Devon Kwamashu uh, route in terms of the elements of which we need to do and the details are in the presentation. With regard to the presidential uh, programs, uh, starting with with with, with uh, line, just at a high level to then say, what does the uh, program entails? It therefore entails rehabilitation of the electrical system, inclusive of the substation, 160 kilometers of the uh, OHTE, the 23 station to be refurbished, and the, the, the smart walling solution, which has been a critical element to be able for us to secure our, our, our corridor. To then say, Chair and members, uh, that uh, I can safely say that the overhead traction equipment and the work that has been done on the sub electrical substation, uh, the contractors have completed their work and that has been handed over from the contractor from the 29th of, of November. And the PRASA is able to run test trains. Uh, the departmental officials together with the railway safety regulator and, 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 and PRASA and, and the chairperson of the board were able to go on a test and commission train yesterday, which really went successful. So after so many months, there is a movement of trains running in terms of those where we are in finalization and we are not in completion. It's on preparation of the station. We have identified five stations that will be running the initial service on, on that and the rest will be able to be part of phase two of, 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 of the program and the walling 
design and finalization because the new phenomenon that we are introducing as part of the work package is to is is, is a detailed design and the, the award has been made on the uh, walling that will be happening around the substation which is where the element of copper that we have been attacked on and and we have submitted uh, with with prasa a, an application to the railway safety regulator to be able to get an objection uh, notice to be able to run that as the railway safety regulator is the only authority uh, mandated by law to be able to know, to make sure that that element is being to, uh, uh, dealt with. We are investing that starting from yesterday, continuing to the whole of December, will be running trial operation in that route and ready for a commercial service with regard to the second uh, uh, week of, of January in terms of the, uh, running the commercial service in that. With regard to the central line, which is one of the key elements, we have challenges really in moving much especially in removing the illegal settlement uh, 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 by the end of September. We did got, get, got a, a, a court judgment uh, to remove uh, the illegal settlement uh, uh, occupants, but with elements that we have faced in terms of uh, uh, the rights of those individuals who have been taken to court, we've been challenged in terms of really uh, uh, people not moving. We've since went to court to extend uh, the end of September deadline so that is is not able to expire. And in our engagement with the, both the National Department of Housing, the Department of, 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 of Public Works, uh, both at the national level and provincial, which HDA, the Provincial Department of Transport in the city of Cape Town, we, are, we have uh, uh, signed the implementation protocol and HDA will therefore be appointed upon that as the implementation agent to be able to do that. And I think key of our alternative strategy is tend of us not going to court and be able to be there for years and in the request to be able to make sure that we resume service there. We are looking at alternative uh, parcels of land that can be able to be purchased at a reasonable time to be able to deal with these particular issues. And on the slide is are, are therefore the revised timelines to be considered in terms of when do we think we can be able to to move that is an element that we I have really not moved as part of those corridors. And moving to the security intervention, which is my last element that was raised as matters of uh, uh, concern, is it, it, Chairperson and Honorable Members uh, dealing with the issue around security intervention. How do we then make sure as PRASA and, and the department, we deal with the issues of security intervention uh, in, to implement in that regard? The, the process has launched the integrated security uh, plan, which is a plan to be able to arrest the, these elements. And in terms of implementation of that, the minister has made sure that as part of the shareholder compact that is signed with PRASA is therefore included in there so that the new board that is implemented is able to deal with that. In terms of affected areas and core areas across the province, we therefore uh, paint the key areas which we operate in terms of the province and some even that cuts across the Prasa uh, uh, transnet network is to make sure that on our objectives and the focus of the integrated plan, we really make sure that we prevent and combat and to invest the national uh, priority offenses to make sure that obviously we support the investigation and therefore we have coordination that we do with all other law enforcement ent entities, including the, the, the state security, uh, the SAPs, 
and we continuously present our progress uh, that we do across all the, uh, uh, the, the, the role players at the JCPS cluster. And the action plan focus really is to look at the organized syndicate criminals which are dealing with these particular issues. And obviously those uh, opportunity criminals which uh, are able to get into our... Mr. Nguago. Yes, Chair. Mr. Sabisa, uh, I need to make you aware that uh, actually reached the 40 minutes. Uh, so can you wrap up in the next two, three minutes so that I, we give <coughs> members chance to interrogate the major parts of the presentation? Otherwise, the meeting will slip out of my hand. Thank you. Thanks, Chair. Uh, we have provided more details on, on the remaining slide in terms of just show the deployment and the, uh, the honorable members will be able to be provided to that and to just show some success in terms of the incident, uh, incident that are happening in the infrastructure and just to paint the progress to date in terms of the deployment that we have done. At the high level chair, we have appointed some additional security companies to be able to assist us in dealing with these challenges that we are facing, in addition to the 3,100 security that we have employed internally in terms of PRASA and deployed them in, 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 in critical uh, uh, corridors uh, that, that we have put. So those are the details and the presentation will be shared. Uh, shared chair, thank you very much. I'll hand over to the 18 DG. Uh, thank you very much, Nwako. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson and members. I just wanted, Chairperson, I know that you said you're behind time, but I just wanted uh, the chief, of, I mean, the chief financial officer uh, to please, uh, you know, I, I mean, to please conclude quickly, and then we can hand over to the Chairperson. Let's, let's be guided by you, Chairperson. Thank you. Yes, uh, three minutes. <clears throat> Thank you, Chair. Can the host enable me to share the one slide only? I, I want to share one slide. Uh, thank you, Chair. I, I must say that. Okay, sure. Thank you. Uh, Chair, it seems I, I cannot share the slide. I wanted to share. The host have not allowed me to share, but I can just quickly say the slide deals, as, as we have already sent the, this presentation, the slide deals with the adjusted budget. Uh, Chairperson, is slide number 18 if members have got a copy of our presentation that we have sent. And it shows that the department uh, total appropriated budget was the 66.7. It shows that the allocated budget was 66.7 billion and that because of the unforeseen and unforeseeable um, circumstances, there was a 62.6 million which was allocated to Praza and I've, I've talked about it. And then on the declared unspent fund, the column showed that we have decreased the, the operational grant by 1.3 uh, billion. And it shows the, the significant and unforeseeable uh, economic and financial event, which was uh, the 11 million for the compensation of employee settlement chairperson basically that's down now our budget is 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 changing from 66.7 
billion to 65.4 billion due to those adjustments. Thank you, Chairperson. <clears throat> Thank you very much, uh, honorable members. Uh, in responses, perhaps you will add as members uh, asking or engaging the, in the, the presentations. Honorable members, can I give you opportunity to engage the presentation given by transport uh, department, various uh, presentation. Can I note your hands? Dipo Peters. Okay. Dipo Peters. Okay. Honorable Dipo, who's next? Okay. Honorable Dipo. Chair. Thank, thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chairperson. Okay, Honorable uh, Is there any other hand, uh, Honorable Members? I'm not going to go back uh, now. Uh, I'm moving. Right, Honorable Dipu. Thank you, Chairperson. And I want to thank the presenters. Uh, uh, Mr. Chris Labisa and the team from Transport, uh, ending with Mr. Makaipia with regard to the issues of rail. But uh, a chairperson, I am not going to be following the sequence of the slides. I'm just going to speak on points that I have uh, raised. Earlier on with water, I raised the issue of the rural areas uh, is interest in making it possible that there's good uh, roads infrastructure, there's good water supply and electric supply, electricity supply. And then the people say, we will see how to deal with the other issues that we could be able to contribute on. A chairperson coming from a province like the Northern Cape, there are three areas that I believe that uh, the custodian and uh, the, the, the owners of the mandate of roads uh, infrastructure in this country, the Department of Transport should take note of, because I would believe that the, the, the department by now should be having a road infrastructure funding model to comprehensively deal with the municipal districts, regional, provincial, and, and national networks. You would know, Chairperson, that we are always found at fault for the potholes the department did launch a war on potholes project. And I think they left it in the hands of municipalities, which don't have the capacity unless they are supported by provinces to, 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 to deal with it. But also the provincial roads uh, and network grant is not addressing the challenges of the areas where roads don't uh, exist. Like for example, in the Northern Cape, uh, Mr. Sabisa would know, that there is a, 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 a region or a district called John Taolo Haiteo, where communities literally kept children away from schools for about four months, just because of the roads. In the Eastern Cape, uh, there's equally challenges with regards to, to, in particular, the rural roads. If you go to KZN, those roads are unforgiving. If you go to KZN, there are horrific pictures, and Mr. Sabisa does have them, that show children crossing the river, communities crossing the river with coffins during funerals, and all those. And, and I think it is important that when addressing the issues of provincial road uh, 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 infrastructure grant, whatever it's, it's, it's uh, or Samba Sonke, 
like that they used to call it. It's 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 important that we look at those particular issues. Chaperson from time to time in the Tlekstop, Orkney areas, there are sinkholes. In the areas of, of, of uh, between Kuruman and Daniel scale, there are sinkholes because of, of, of mining operations. If you look at the damming of the water on the road R31 from Batley West to, to, to Kimberley, it, it tells you that the accidents that have happened so far it's, it's nothing because there is major accidents waiting to happen. That water has been growing and growing and it's now at the level of the road itself. And I think it is, it is a wastewater from the municipal supply. Incidentally, today we're dealing with, with water issues and, and, and roads. And uh, we once called Sandral and Sandral indicated that if they can be asked by the municipality or the department, to help, they would then be able to help in that in that regard. Are we waiting for major accidents where people or buses will fall into that? Because that road is being pounded by trucks and trucks with manganese, iron, and other ore. And that is further damaging the road. And I think it is important that we, we look at those particular uh, uh, infrastructure. The other thing, Chaperson, is related to issues of regional integration. What is the Zimbabwe government and the RSA doing with regard to that issue of the Bait Bridge uh, 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 development? If you look again, Jefferson, between Mozambique and, 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 and South Africa, the trucks, kilometers and kilometers of trucks on the, the, the road, transporting ore to the ports of Mozambique, as well as those that are transporting goods from Zimbabwe and vice versa between Bait Bridge and, 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 and South Africa. What is uh, uh, the, the, the process now with regard to the Bait Bridge the, the development? What is the role of the border management agency in supporting a central and the department with regard to those particular issues? That congestion is worrying. And uh, the issue of Arto Chaperson, what is uh, the department doing to build capacity for municipalities for this rollout? Because in our constituencies, we have been informed by municipalities that they are not going to be able to implement unless national uh, department gives them the necessary support, the necessary infrastructure and uh, uh, the resources. And are all the provinces ready for this uh, rollout? With regard to the taxi recap Chaperson, how can taxi operators not meeting requirements be seen to be contributing towards the slow uptake? What is the department doing to ensure that all operators have the requisite requirements in place? Because you can't have the department saying that we understand why the industry is not responsive. It is because they don't meet requirements. It means we literally sit and preside over operators who are not meeting requirements. Where is the challenge? Is it the, uh, 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 the licensing uh, 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 authorities at provincial or a uh, uh, local level? What is the problem? And I think it is important that that matter be attended to. And uh, uh, the issue of, I'm happy to hear that there's a, a progress with regard to protection of the rail uh, network in the interest of the commuters, because you would know that that's 69% that is ferried and not 69%. That number of people who are ferried 
or supposed to be ferried by the rail, especially metro rail, is important contributors to the economy. So we need to make sure that the rail infrastructure and the rail reserves are protected. Because as we speak, in our communities, we have informal settlements encroaching on the rail reserves. What is to be done sometimes? And also the issue related to the theft of the the infrastructure between uh, uh, transport, Brasa and, and Transnet. What are you doing to protect this? That truck load of rail uh, 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 network uh, 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 connections that was transported to, to Zimbabwe, what is happening in our country? What is the law enforcement doing? Are we not able to protect our, our this thing? The issue of deep lapidated stations, which are crime havens, why not demolish them if they are no longer in use? or alternatively uh, rent them out to small businesses so that they can operate from these stations. The, the issue, lastly, Chairperson, is the rail infrastructure near the Flamingo Dam in Kimberley. That is also getting submerged under the Flamingo Dam water, that dam that is always full of flamingos. I think it is important that between Transnet and Prasa, Transnet and DOT, they, they actually deal with that particular issue because it's also a disaster waiting to happen. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable uh, Dipua. Uh, let me give uh, uh, Honorable uh, Butelezi, but please remember, uh, Honorable Members, we, we should have requested the, the Secretary to ask the Department of Transport to give those responses of the answers by tomorrow, please. Can you, if you can write and, and tell them we want uh, those response, written responses by tomorrow. Honorable Tillese. Thank you so much, uh, Honorable Chair. Uh, good afternoon, uh, uh, colleagues, uh, oral members. Um, let me also join um, Honorable Tipuo, in welcoming the presentation. Good afternoon, uh, uh, Mr. Shabisa and the, and, and, and the team. Um, uh, let's send our condolences to, to the Deputy Minister who uh, was reported to be having a, a bereavement at home. Please convey that uh, to her on our behalf. Quickly, uh, Honorable Chair. <clears throat> Just want to check uh, uh, from uh, DOT whether uh, do you count the transfer that would have made to the agencies spent, irrespective of whether the agency has spent or not. I think the question is it's it's it's, it's clear. Uh, my second question will be on the new rolling stock program. Where exactly is the program? Is it at, at the moment? I also wanted to check uh, whether Kibela has complied with the conditions that were that they signed for when the when the contract was awarded to them. Have the conditions been changed in any way? Uh, as far as DOT, where, where, what is the the, the, the position? I, I I'm sure you will understand the uh, the reason why I'm asking this question because uh, uh, the rolling stock program was not just about uh, the provision of trades. There were a lot of other things that 
the rolling stock program. And as you correctly said, uh, say, um, it uh, was the biggest in the world at, at, at that time. So there were a lot of benefits that uh, the country was looking at uh, uh, deriving from the rolling stock program. So um, that's what informs uh, my, uh, my questions. Uh, thirdly, on the uh, MLPS, what's happening with MLPS? It's festive season again, as you know, that's the social laws are made, the, the, the interprovincial long distance train. It's, it's long, it's, it's festive season, and that's when this train really becomes, uh, uh, becomes busy as it transport people from, uh, <clears throat> uh, from the urban areas to the hinterland, as you must get, I would say. And it's a means of transport to transport back home where they would have um, accumulated the liquid that they would have accumulated over the year as they go back to their places. So what is the position of uh, social laws are made at, uh, at, at, at the moment? Um, as we said that uh, um, we, 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 we saw the um, that uh, the understanding that the committee has referred to now that um, um, some of our institutions have complied with the conditions. Um, so basically, we are saying that they are going to be able to do things that they're supposed to have done uh, in, in the past six months, uh, in the remaining few months. Are you not concerned about fiscal uh, at, 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 at dumping? and uh, a, a fruitless ex ex expenditure when it comes to that. Th those would be my questions, uh, Honorable uh, um, Chairperson. Okay. Thank you, uh, Honorable uh, Teleza. Chairperson. Yes. Uh, oh, Honorable uh, Matafa. Thank you, Chair. No, I apologize for jumping in late. As you were opening for questions, I was kicked out of the system. I think it's my unstable network okay. that is uh, problematic. If you agree, can I switch off my video and just post two questions? Yes, fine. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chair. No, the, and thank you for the presentation and uh, greetings to the team. I just had uh, two questions. Uh, one is related to underspending as it relates to filling of vacancies. Can we maybe be finished with uh, the extent of these uh, vacancies? And also what classifications are they? Uh, meaning are they managerial, supervisor, or are they technical? It would be very empowering to know exactly what classifications they are, and what is the department doing to ensure that these posts are, are filled, particularly those that are funded. The last one, Chair, is also on the administrative side. The understanding as far as transfers and subsidies are concerned due to non-compliance of legislation. Similarly, with the Department of Water Services that we had a presentation earlier, I'm also interested to find out from transport, what measures are in place to assist those that are not complying with legislation? Because we hold a view that where spending is related to the ultimate service delivery outcome, 
the non-spending, for whatever reason, it affects the quality of service that is being delivered. In certain instances, it deprives the citizens that particular service to which they are entitled. So it, it is, uh, we, we just want to find out what measures are there to ensure that that non-compliance is eradicated and those particular, particular funds are released, spending happens and service is delivered where it's necessary. But I'm pretty much covered by the two comrades who spoke earlier uh, than myself. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, <clears throat> Honorable Matafa. Uh, honorable members, uh, I think we have uh, uh, very little space of time, but I wanted to give uh, the team to respond on the uh, on the engagement race because by by ten to we should be uh, there. Yes. But I wanted to ask only this question around the issue of taking off the trucks, the, the, uh, uh, taking off the trucks from the road. I think it's one of the objective when, when uh, the issue of rail was being, you know, uh, was being taken serious. Uh, so I, I just want to know at what point does that uh, issue arise? Uh, during these developments and process, it, uh, uh, has it been taken seriously now to say it, this is a plan now taking off the trucks from the road because uh, the trucks are as a result of the, I mean, the, the, the damage on the road, it is as a result of keeping trucks on the road. And, uh, you know, it, it came with a huge consequence of, you know, in terms of finance, you know. Secondly, is this, uh, what guarantee are you giving us that now from this uh, challenge of underspending uh, that we are not going to come back now to this committee uh, with what we have seen over the past period under review? Uh, because, I mean, it has been very bad. Remember, when it, we talk about rail transport, we, we're talking about millions and millions of what? the poor working class who's reliant on the public uh, transport such as rail to go to work and they arrive late and they they have now, they are economically punished uh, because that at, at, a, at the level of job, you know, or, or work, it has been regarded as, you know, non-performance and, you know, by, by absenting yourself or arriving late, reduced, shortened, uh, you know, uh, remuneration occurs, and that's how economically the poor uh, are being affected on the ground. So I, I just want to check that uh, with the with, with the with the with, with the team. Uh, yes, can the team response respond? Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, colleagues. Thanks for the valuable input we have received from the honourable members. I think what we'll do, we will take turns in responding to the questions. I think let me take the issue of vacancies, uh, the levels uh, as well as the classification uh, of those vacancies, the funded vacancies that Honorable Matafa was talking about. 
I think here, what we need to do, we need to give a detailed report looking at interest of time, just to uh, classify and categorize them as such, so that we give uh, a proper analysis uh, throughout the department and look at all the levels, particularly on the, on the SMS level, uh, which ones have been vacant and all that. But let me just uh, say this. If there is a, in, a, you know, the, uh, the vertical, uh, you know, appointment of people like, let me take, for instance, Mwakoma Kaipi has been a chief director under rail. Now he's become a DDG. So if you look at that, there's a vacancy that has happened already. I'm just making a citing one example, which is happening in the, province, in, in the Department of Transport. So I think we'll give you details as to what has happened each and every categories. And I want, uh, I would like my, uh, Ramansi, who's heading our strategies, to take care of that so that when we, we give, give a report, we are very precise and to the point. Uh, I think on the non-compliance with the legislation and spending and deprived citizens of some, uh, you know, and what measures are we taking? I would like my colleague uh, uh, Kiwi to come uh, uh, in the space as well as the issue that was raised by Honorable Peters uh, so far as the capacity building with the local sphere of government. I would like my colleague to take on that because I think, uh, although I joined a little bit late, but I thought uh, uh, Honorable uh, Minister, uh, Honorable Peters was talking about uh, the issues how do we why are we not supporting the municipalities with with, with skills especially the technical skills i will re- request that uh, kibi deals with that uh, quickly uh, and the, the uh, taking off the road i mean taking off the tracks from the road we do have uh, honorable uh, members honorable chairperson the issues of road to rail a strategy which is uh, encapsulated in terms of the national transport master plan we are, uh, we are now and, uh, dealing with the issues of hazardous chemicals, hazardous cargo, which is we are taking off our road network. That is what we are doing. We are working very closely on these matters with Transnet, uh, freight rail, and making sure that we, we, we take off uh, these uh, hazardous chemicals off our road network. So that is where we are started. But it is the work in progress in making sure that we don't have these uh, cargo which is hazardous on our road network, particularly during the built, uh, the built areas where the residential areas and stuff. So we want them to be on the main roads and one, if ever we haven't been able to, to reach consensus uh, with our, uh, our, our partners, which is freight rail, but we, we do not want them there, especially we're targeting the hazardous chemicals because they're very dangerous on our road network. That will fall under uh, the, the road to rail uh, strategy uh, which falls under the freight strategy, which is in generally, we, that's what we call. The issue of, uh, you know, the PBS, I remember Honorable Peters was still Minister of Transport where she launched the PBS, uh, uh, where we, the PBS initiative, uh, the, the, the overloading, uh, and also along the way bridges and self, uh, self-regulation of the trucking industry so that they are not found carrying wrong uh, commodities on our road network. That is still continuing. We are working very closely with the CSRR in Exodus. This thing is, is being enforced in such a manner that as part of our national road, uh, national road traffic regulation, I mean, act is being reviewed with that in mind. And we are, we are dealing with that. So I think that is what I would like to, to respond to. And uh, I would like my colleagues, therefore, to quickly uh, go through this. I know that there is an, a... a, a, a a request from the committee, which we are gladly going to do. But I will request that my CFO uh, look at the spent uh, transfers 
Uh, what does it mean when the, the end users or the, the receiving authority is not spending? How do we call that? That was asked by Honorable Telezi and also the issues of Kibela compliant issues. Can I ask uh, CFO as well as Mwako uh, just to give uh, highlights of that? Other than that, we are going to be uh, putting everything in writing in the interest of time. Thank you very much, Jeffers. Can I ask my colleagues to do that quickly? Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members. Again, it's Makoto Matala. I'll start with the issue of the transfers to our entities and our provinces and municipalities. Let, let me start with the entities. With the entities, there are also conditions that are given to the entities. As you can see that from our side, immediately they've complied, we'll transfer the money to our entities, the funds to our entities. and on quarterly basis, they report to the department about their revenue and expenditure. And in because they, our public entities are following what we call a generally a grab reporting system. So at the end of the financial year, if they've got a surplus, then they'll have to request through, through the department to national treasury whether to keep that surplus or not. That's how it, it works in terms of the entities. In terms of the provinces and the municipalities, sorry, we also sorry, transfer... Sorry, 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 sorry to interrupt you. Yes, sir. Yes. Sorry, through you, Chair. Yes. So, so am I hearing you that as far as you're concerned, once the department has transferred the money, it counts to you as money spent? Is that what you are saying? Thank you. Yes, yes, Honorable Member, that's it will indicate that we have spent that particular transfer, yes. I was just explaining the further implication that if the recipient, that is the entity, did not spend until the end of the financial year and it results in a surplus, then they will request to keep that surplus. Then in terms of the provinces and the municipalities, is, is, they are getting the money in terms of the Division of Revenue Act. And those, they've got the condition on how to apply for the rollover if they did not use all the funds that were transferred to them. And in that way, they'll be able, if the rollover is approved, they'll be able to use the money to complete those particular projects. And uh, another one on finance. Uh, I think with, with the issue, if a, an entity or a province does not comply, the, the relevant project managers assist those particular provinces to fulfill the requirements. As you have seen, I think Mr. Magapia was a good example that there was non-compliance on the maintenance uh, allocation to Prasa. And after six months, they did comply and that money was, was well, we were able to transfer it to them. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Acting DG. Uh, thank you. I, I don't know, Mr. Makaipi, uh, and also Kibi, uh, specifically on the capacity issues. Uh, I, I heard uh, Honorable uh, Peters uh, talking about that. What do we do? Uh, and also, the, uh, yeah, I think let's deal with that. Uh, and uh, uh, Mr. Makaipi can come in, but I, I think Kibi can just uh, sum up on the issues of, uh, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, the you know the scrapping as well as the capacity within the municipalities. Yes, uh, Kibi. Thanks, Chair. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go first in terms of 
the issues that were raised by both Honorable uh, uh, Peters and Honorable Butelezi. Just as a high-level chain uh, to then say the first question on the protection of asset in terms of rail infrastructure and what are we doing, we are, as part of the, uh, the security uh, plan that I've talked about, uh, as part of its implementation, uh, got additional capacity in terms of I internally, firstly, having the 3,100 security in Prasa to be deployed as strategic places. And secondly, we have since appointed additional security because you, you know previously there were those companies that were non-compliant with AG issues and the contracts were terminated and our infrastructure was attacked, obviously, with COVID being uh, the key issue. So we are dealing with that. But in those high-risk corridors, we are at design final design stages in terms of introduction of the walling program that will be able to close in those corridors to be able to deal with that. And with regard to the what are we doing with Transnet, Transnet ESCOM, we know that the two entities they are having problem in terms of table cap theft challenges. Same with us as transport. And what we are doing, we are having meetings on. A monthly basis, sometimes even uh, uh, two weeks, where we share the same security challenges and we assist each other in terms of the strategy, in terms of where we can deploy. With regard to the dilapidated stations, those who were vandalized during the COVID, the process started obviously with the program of the station uh, program, where those that have been dilapidated will be able to obviously demolish them and prepare them for the next uh, level of delivery. But one of the elements that we are considering is how do we then rationalize the old stations that are in our corridors based on the new demands, especially with the new uh, 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 settlement that have been put within that. And with, we are therefore with the rail reserve uh, regulation and that wording will be able to close uh, them out in, in terms of that particular regard. With regard to the rail infrastructure, uh, the infrastructure in terms of the dam, uh, the flamingo is, is, is what we then do. I'm not sure about the details, honorable uh, member. We'll obviously engage with Transnet and we'll be able to provide details in writing with regard to, to that. With uh, the issues raised by honorable Butelezi with regards to the new rolling stock program, we can, we can therefore uh, respond that the new rolling stock program is it's, it's, it's running with kind of its challenges that we have raised, one uh, being initially uh, long issues that were, were, were resolved with regard of the licenses of, of the of the and the issues regarding the municipality that that we had challenges. And secondly, COVID came in and the, the factory was closed, and we therefore have slowed down with regard to the delivery of the rolling stock in terms of what it, it, it was envisaged. There were other elements uh, that has been put there, and I think key to that, which Honorable Butelis knows about, it was the issue of the supply, the supply pack, which we have had challenges with regard to the partner, uh, Ubumbano, building that because of, uh, it, it was anticipated that they'll be able to get a loan from uh, PIC, but the interest rate that came in that particular element were not favorable. There are engagement that we are having to look at the alternative 
options in terms of us uh, building that uh, uh, supply uh, pack so that we are able to meet our targets in terms of the local content. Because what is happening, you find that the, uh, then the Alstom, Givella relationship in terms of them bringing those particular elements which we are not supposed to uh, deal with that regard. But those are the elements that we are dealing with them in terms of the rolling stock uh, committee that I said is represented by all role players. And we quarterly keeps on, 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 on reporting on those particular elements. The issue of uh, MLPS, uh, Honorable Butelezi, is a challenge. One, currently not running services. One being at the element of those uh, LA rolling stock uh, that we had with, 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 with Shufambo. It then became a, a court issue. But as, as, as the department and PRASA, we are trying to see how do we then resolve the issue with the, the liquidators on how do we then make sure that uh, we don't queue with other people to get less of what we have paid into in terms of that and see if we can be able to save uh, the assets, uh, considering that it's a court process and we are dealing with it in that way. We, ha- we had a program of leasing the, the locomotives through Transnet, but we have seen that a, a, a problem, a challenge with, with a dispute with Transnet and they've withdrawn our the locomotives that they've initially, and they're not prepared to deal with that matters uh, till we, 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 we settle the outstanding uh, debt, which we know it very well was the historical debt that happened during the separation agreement with the, with the key issue. And we are not happy that we are not able to provide uh, in terms of that, that, that particular regard. With regard to the movement from road to rail, which the acting did just talked to, with, 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 with our contribution from the rail sector, we are therefore identifying current cor- certain corridors that we, we believe we can be able to put them out for concession and be able to run uh, the rail services where government is not able to deal with that. And with the policy proposition that we, will be, we are putting on the table is the introduction of third party access on the national rail, rail network, which was uh, uh, put out uh, by the president as part of the economic recovery plan. And even during the MTPS, the finance minister has really emphasized on that in terms of how do we then work together amongst us, PRASA, Transnet, DPE, to be able to deal with those uh, uh, part, particular issues. At a high level, Chair and, and colleagues, that's how I will respond to the question that has been raised by the honorable members. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Mwako. I, I don't know, Kibi, you wanted to wrap up uh, and then we can we can hand over to the chairperson. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Chair. Um, I was asked to comment on two issues. Um, the first one is on the um, operating licenses, um, the operators who don't have operating licenses. So, this grouping that we're talking about, um, Honorable Peters, is um, the number of vehicles that were in the original scrapping uh, number. Originally, there were supposed to have been 135,000 uh, vehicles to be scrapped. Uh, 77,000 has been scrapped. And then the department has been doing some work in understanding what's going on with the 58. And in the 58, we were then able to determine that uh, most of them do not have operating, do not have valid operating licenses. And these vehicles 
are like your 2002 old um, vehicles. And what we've been able to determine is some of them, you find that the owner didn't scrap the vehicle. Instead, they took the operating license and transferred it to a newer vehicle. And they are then operating with that operating license in a newer vehicle, but didn't scrap the old vehicle. So we've been asking ourselves then why, when they scrapped, why did why were, not, were they not scrapped? And also, secondly, what we found is these vehicles are active. We found that they are registered on eNetis without, so but they don't have any operating license. So it's a process that now we're going through to fully understand what has happened. And provinces are the ones who then have come to us and said, look, uh, then even though their operating license has been scrapped, no, no, not scrapped, but transferred to another vehicle or sold to another operator, operators must be still allowed to scrap these 2002 or older vehicles. So we now would like to rather take the matter to MINMEC so that our political principals can then make a decision on that matter. Okay, and then on the issue around um, in, uh, capacity building, so the department runs a program um, in, in, in municipalities where every year we identify uh, graduates from uh, universities, and then we second them uh, for an internship uh, for two years to municipalities with an understanding that then the municipalities would then um, give them permanent uh, posts. Uh, so that's one way we're dealing with capacity in, in, in the department. Secondly, um, we also uh, are in joint collaboration with a National Treasury City Support Program, where they're providing uh, capacity, technical capacity to municipalities to assist them um, with uh, the implementation of integrated public transport networks. As part of the city support program, there was a work stream that basically was looking at capacity building. They did a needs assessment uh, in municipalities that we fund through the PTNG. And from that program, uh, a number of interventions, we were in, 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 we were working quite closely with CSIR and National Treasury on it. And a number of interventions were then going to be implemented, for example, training. Um, and then we look at formal education. We look at uh, knowledge exchange and management. Um, we also then look at uh, a contextual research that could be linked to universities, um, and then they, they, they undertake research in those areas where we, there are gaps that uh, have been identified. Um, so as DOT as well, in taking forward the work that came from that program, um, we then were going to design a national uh, capacity building program that then looks at capacity at national, provincial, as well as municipal level. We don't think that uh, capacity is only required at municipal level, we actually think that there are glaring gaps at, at provinces as well as national as well. So, um, so now we uh, we had actually released a, 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 a tender to design that program, but due to unforeseen circumstances in the department, that tender was not approved. So now we are going on tender again to basically look into designing a, a, a national a capacity building program that would benefit all the spheres of government. In short, yeah, there's more that I wanted to say around that, but I think because of time constraints, I'll just end it there. Thank you, uh, Honorable Chairperson and DG. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, 
uh, chairperson and honorable members. Uh, I tried to, I don't know whether I'm still audible, but I tried now to uh, to switch on my, 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 my video. Uh, we are, um, but you won't see me, it's very dark where I am. I'm also very dark. So I, I think uh, it will be a matter of now thanking the, 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 the committee and uh, saying thank you very much for inviting us to the meeting. Uh, we really appreciate that. So thank you very much. Back to you, Chairperson and members. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I think, honorable members, at this juncture, let me uh, give back the meeting to the chairperson to uh, take us out. Thank, thank you so much, uh, uh, honorable Kaiso, uh, for for chairing chairing the meeting. Uh, thank uh, uh, Sonfula and, and and the team um, uh, team DOT. I think it was a worthwhile uh, engagement. Just as a, a parting shot, um, um, what you <clears throat> would like to, to emphasize, as the appropriations committee were faced by uh, uh, competing ones from different departments uh, and entities, uh, fighting for budget, as you know, you also fight for, for, for budget but we are operating within a very constrained uh, uh, fiscal space, as you know. Uh, we, are, we are running a deficit as, as, as a country. So to make up for that deficit, we go out and, and borrow money. Uh, and, 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 and money, as you know, uh, <clears throat> at the moment, uh, the price of money is very high. Price of money is interest rate. The cost of capital is very high and so on. So we take a dim view of departments, entities who come to the committee, come to parliament, ask for money, and they don't use that money. Uh, a number of things, I think the other members have alluded to those things. The primary one is that the, the, the masses of our people are deprived of, 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 of service delivery. But again, uh, we don't just spend for the sake of spending, especially infrastructure. Uh, the president has identified infrastructure as a catalyst for economic growth, inclusive economic growth. So if we don't do that, that's what we compromise. Again, we just don't end there. We also com compromise employment opportunities. You know, that's a SA yesterday came out with, again, uh, not so good looking numbers. So when money is not spent, that's what we are faced with uh, as the committee, as parliament, as government. So um, <clears throat> it shouldn't be easy for, for, for departments to just come. And that's what we have said. Uh, to, to come to the committees and say we haven't spent this money and then they come with a, a number of reasons. Having said that, um, uh, uh, Sonful and their team, uh, DG, um, we, I, we would like you just to finish us. Uh, <clears throat> we, we had your definition of, of spending is the transfer of money from your good selves. But our interest is to whether that money uh, reaches their ultimate beneficiaries. Uh, if you could quickly just uh, uh, before the end of this week, you write back to us, you indicate how far the, those agencies that you've dealt with have spent on the monies that you have, you, have, you have transferred so that you get a better picture as to whether the intended beneficiaries are getting what is supposed to go to them. With those few words, thank you very much uh, um, uh, to you, uh, uh, Mr. Shabisa and the team. Uh, indeed, we, we are wiser after our engagement. Thank you so much. Uh, um, uh, Darren, is there anything from your side? 
Chairperson, uh, no, nothing from my side. Um, public hearings on Friday. Kosato and Amadlado Mobi is going to present. Yeah, I, I, I thought you were going to say there are um, apologies that we received, written apologies, am I right? Did you? Yeah. No, I already, I already gave the apologies when the meeting started, Chairperson. Okay, perf- perfect. Thank, thank, thank you very much. All members, um, the, um, <clears throat> the meeting is adjourned and let's uh, uh, hook up on Friday. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Robin Kaiso, again for holding yeah, the point. Thank you. Member. No. Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you, you Chair. Chair. Thank, thank you. you.